Blog Talk Radio. What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, the 24-year-old piece of gold himself, and you are officially listening to Russell Cast Radio. Here we go. <laughs> but we are back, episode 142 here, WrestleCast Radio. I am your host, one of the two hosts, co-hosts, however you want to call it, Ryan Cooks. You're just waiting on the good man himself, Mr. Alex Mello. He's just uh, going to be hopping in momentarily. A fun show tonight. A um, little later on the week than we had planned, uh, as according to last week. But we do have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Bound for Glory was on Sunday, which was... Interesting show to say the least. Uh, we also still have to talk about New Japan's King of Pro Wrestling. We're going to get into the AWNXT saga so far, if you will, after 
three shows. Tonight was number four, but neither of us, I believe, have seen uh, anything from tonight. So we're not going to talk about tonight. We're going to leave that alone. Um, also, one thing I, w- I was ready to talk about uh, before we kind of got sidetracked, not being able to get on last week like we wanted to, the NXT Japan thing, which broke probably a day or two after I brought it up to Alex. So I want to get into that and get his take, his thoughts on all of that. Uh, we also have uh, coming up here, bam! And there, there's the man. What's going on, man? What's going on, ladies and germs? Welcome to the season premiere of WrestleGast Radio. <laughs> Are we going to get a cool new, uh, like, stupid uh, Nickelback song and get rid of the one that I made? I uh, hope not. I'm looking for uh, awesome new shirt logos, so go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WrestleGast. We only need like four more guys. 1999, four awesome designs. If you're a Lakers, Vikings fan, we got purple and gold. If you're from the shy, represent y'all. Not so much for the Bears right now, but still we're representing that that orange and blue. But uh, of course, we got the classic black and red, and of course the uh, the wonderful Mike classic logo as well. Check it out. That's all get, I got. Get you some. Get you some. Uh, but uh, yeah, as I as I mentioned with that. Uh, we also got to talk. All Japan does have their big course yeah. show here that I'm really excited for uh, coming up at six hours, six and a half hours. Six I hours. may have to uh, get up before I go to work tomorrow and watch the final three. It's um, a seven match show, um, which, you know, it, it'll be a fun little undercard, but the big three matches I'm really excited for. Um, Can't so wait we, to break got, that down. Yeah, we got a bunch of good stuff to talk about. So Alex, I guess I'll throw it uh, I'll throw it in your boat. Obviously, I mentioned King of Pro Wrestling, Bomb for Glory, the AEW NXT stuff, um, NXT Japan, which we spoke about before Ooh. we could get on the air. That I was excited to break um, from the stuff that I had heard. Um, news and notes that you have on your end. Where do you want to take us to start this uh, this uh, fantastic voyage? I would say, I mean, just to kind of get back into. Oh, of course, sorry, ladies and germs, life happens. No show last week uh, as we were uh, waiting to talk a king of pro wrestling. But I think the New Japan news, I think we can get a little into it. So let's talk about the recent event here, Ryan. Let's talk some impact wrestling. Let's talk some revitalization for the brand there over on Access TV. Uh, just started, I believe, uh, yesterday or a week ago, but relatively new over on Access uh, over in Villa Park, Chicago, where R.O. New Japan usually throws their awesome events. Hell, that's where Taz had his last ECW authorized original ECW title match where he did lose with the uh, that triple threat, that classic with Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Uh, we were supposed to be there, but again, life yep. happens, guys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and vehicles. What's that? And vehicles. Yep, and yep. vehicles. Sons of bitch. Um, and then what's crazy though, Ryan, with, uh, with this Bomb for Glory event, is I'm pretty sure that Call Your Shot Battle Royal is still happening. Oh my God, I have so just just going through the participants, I have uh, the order of entry, and I have the order of eliminations and by who written down. So I mean, I came prepared. Oh God, I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope you do. So um, I could tell like six people from this whole the whole gimmick, maybe seven. Yeah, it, it took me two watches, sadly, because I watched it twice to try to make sure I had all this down correctly. And <laughs> holy uh, bleep, you watched yeah. this intro twice? Wow, I'm uh, sorry. So uh, I I went uh, I went one. You're star the true madman, Fulton. 
<laughs> this is this is not good. Um, I'll go through the order of entry as we had Eddie Edwards, uh, Luster, something Luster. I don't know. He was the Reno scum guy. I don't know who he is. Luster the uh, legend. Come on, sir. Luster the legend. There we go. Thank you for clarifying. That's, that's why we're a great tandem. I would have never got the legend, but you did. Uh, Adam Thornstone, Jake Diener, Rohit Singh, Joey Ryan, Jessica Havoc, Rosemary, Madman Fulton, Cody Diener, Johnny Swinger, Jordan Grace, Swoggle, Kira Hogan, Raj Singh, Tommy Dreamer, Kylie Ray, Falaba, Sabu, and Mahabali Shira. Um, I I want to say <laughs> I have never been more confused slash uninterested in a crop of talent in my entire life, minus a few handful. There. Wait, so there really was a Cody Diener participant because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I thought it was just Joey Ryan. He was like, all right, new gimmick. I'm going to take an old e-gimmick from 15 years ago and essentially utilize it in impact since, you know, I said I was going to stay independent forever. Yeah, then Which, Congrats on Joey Ryan for signing in Chicago. What a What a what a what? odd thing that happened too with that. Like he just so randomly random. on impact wrestling. I'm like, what the hell? This was like 20 minutes was... after the match. So two hours within the show. <laughs> so uh, if I got this correctly, um, the first uh, elimination came when Madman Fulton threw out Rosemary and Jessica Havoc, then Fulton threw out Adam Thornstone. Then Fulton tossed out Cody Diener. Jordan Grace throws out Johnny Swinger. Grace then throws out Kira Hogan. Ryan throws out uh, Jake, whoever the hell, Jake, oh, Jake Diener and Rohit Singh via dick flips. Raj by Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer goes out by Fulton. Kylie Ray and Jordan Grace go out by Bahabali Shira. Sabu goes out by Shira. Fala Ba by Shira. Fulton by Eddie Edwards, and then Eddie Edwards pins Mahabali Shira with the Boston Knee Party. And in somewhere second. in there, I have no idea what happened to Luster the Legend, but he was thrown out, and I didn't get that one. So maybe I need to watch it a third time. Jessica Havoc, y'all represent. How over under, Ryan? I don't know the exact answer, but over under nine promotions we've seen Tommy Dreamer uh, be a part of in 2019. Oh my gosh, he's everywhere. I I think this has been like... He was in like uh, every independent Minnesota, you know, gimmick this whole year, it seemed like. <laughs> Abe, he's making his money, I guess. He's, you know, he's He's making the the uh, the towns, as they would say. <laughs> but Eddie Edwards gets the win. Boston knee party. Um, I can't say the word on the air. I probably shouldn't. To what I have in front of my 1.0 uh, rating on it, Eddie Edwards gets a title. Did you give it a one? Choice. Yeah, I that was I was I well, I fell asleep the first time and, you and I had to watch twice? it again. You would think you would go negative after <laughs> yeah. having to sit through that ish two times, guys. Legs and germs again. I'm I'm not kidding. That was like over thirty minutes. <laughs> well, and, and the worst part was that wasn't even my worst match on the show. Oh my god! <laughs> but I will say this: this Mahabali Shira. Has the look, obviously, with this being a rumble, didn't see too much wrestling per se. Um, but him and Edwards, I'm like, okay, I could see this, you know, kind of going on. But Shira made some impressions. Sabu 
you know, kind of still killing himself at the age of 74 is awesome to see. Uh, Swaggo <laughs> hiding under that ring for a good old, I don't know, 11 minutes, you know, until he had to come in. So that was pretty damn cool. Um, but a big surprise here, Kylie Ray coming out, uh, a new emoticon, Titantron, if you will. Um, of course, she asked for her release from All Elite Wrestling after they were kind of molding her as one of the, uh, you know, one of the prime pieces of the women's division. She asked for her release. It was granted. Uh, you know, allegedly there was some uh, some news about it a couple of years ago, saying you know nothing too crazy with All Elite and and Kylie Ray. Don't look for any drama or whatnot. She just wasn't you know feeling it. They requested it, and there you go. Now she's a part of Impact. Do you think she could, well, maybe, not sure, but do you think she could sustain and, and help that women's division if she chooses to? Oh, yeah. I mean, that thing is in some sort of shambles, you could say, right now. I'm not going to lie. Um, so Neil Dashwood's not the answer. Holy no, boy. no. Yeah, uh, boy, oh, boy. You know, and, and I'm a I'm a big proprietor of Taya Valkyrie. You know that. Yeah. I mean, even even everything she was doing, and it, it, it was – I mean, it was like I, you know, I mean that was the next match of the card. I did go three stars on this match. I didn't, I didn't hate it by any means. I thought it was well worked for what it was, but yeah, I there was just nothing I don't, new. No, I mean, it, and that's what it is. It's out of Tennille Dashwood. It, it was like I revamped, you know, back to like twenty four, twenty fifteen percent. I was like, okay, you know, the cross is in the corner. We're all right. Um, but Ty Valkyrie, I mean, she definitely. Owned the match per se. Uh, mm. Taya, you know, she, she's good. I mean, and this is maybe three, maybe the fourth or fifth time I've actually seen a full match with her. Not, you know, even being in a mixed or a triple or, or you know, uh, four corner match there. But uh, yeah, Taya Valkyrie, she's she's pretty good. I think you know, once you get the right hand, if you will, into the ring with her, great opponent uh, for her. I, I could see definitely a four star match. I know you like you said, you know, you're, you're a huge uh, uh, fan of hers, you know, over, over the last couple of years. So nothing too too impressive here, you know. It was not, obviously Ty Valkyrie was going to get the uh, the win. Uh, and I'll ask you another question here, Ryan. Over under four promotions we've seen Tennille Dashwood in in 2019. <laughs> um, well, let's see. I saw her in. I saw her in Miami for Ring yep. of Honor. Um. Obviously, the impact thing. We saw her yep. at Double or Nothing or All Out or whichever one it was. So that's at least three. Who? I bet you she's touched an indie somewhere. I'm I'm going for. <laughs> I think that's right. And like, look. To be fair, Taya Valkyrie has had some fantastic matches with Tessa Blanchard this year. So yep. like, I know she can go in there and go. But you could tell Tennille Dashwood still might not be fully healthy. You know. She had that she had that skin disease for a while, and I'm sure she, you know, she probably wasn't keeping herself in the best spots just because she didn't have a reason to. You know, who mm-hmm. knows if she thought what was going to happen with wrestling. So I get it, um, but it's just you you could tell that she wasn't what she what she has been and what she should have been. You know what I mean? And 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 she looked a little gas going in there, and you know. Mm-hmm. It was what it was. It was it was fine, but it wasn't. From carrying to Neil Dashwood. Um, 
But you say a lot of her stuff, you know, south of the border is usually when she gets good opponents, you know, kind of like Tessa Blanchard, right? Yeah. Yep. And, and, and like, to be fair, too, um, she's done a lot of really good stuff in in AAA, too. Um, She had a match a few years ago in AAA with uh, Ayako Hamada that I almost wanted to put on a match of the year list. It was, they had like a just straight up street fight. I mean, they both gigged. I mean, it was like they were going in this match. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to see that. If um, how many times that uh, Taya and Tessa Blanchard kind of touched this year, because, I mean, that could possibly then be, you know, on, you know, uh, the end of the year, uh, uh, feuds of the year or match or, you know, women or anything along those lines. So I got to check that out. Randall. Okay. I don't know why that's not. I'm trying. I'm trying to upload something here, and it's not. Uh, it's not agreeing with me. <laughs> I apologize. I, I'll just. I'm just gonna do this right now, because I think this is well deserved. So oh, man, they, they had a match earlier in the year uh, in a violent street fight. So I have to check that out earlier in February. So, so this. I was trying to get this uploaded, but uh, I, I'll just play this for the fans here. We did get a. A emailed request of uh, of some mic time here, people. My name is Randall, the southern gentleman, or or gentlemen, whatever you want to say. But I'm just calling here to let you know that my favorite wrestler is wrestling tonight, and his name is the Sammy Callahan. That's right, Sammy Callahan. He he he's the best. He's no Bobby Lash. Bobby Lashley is not as good. Eli Drake's not as good. Only Sally Cam, Sally, Sammy Callahan's, and I, I like Impact's wrestling, wrestling, but I don't love Sammy Callahan's. So that was from our our, our good friend Randall. Randall what? <laughs> <laughs> wanted to put over the Sammy Callahan's uh, as he was saying. So, uh, the the soundboard, and it wouldn't upload. I was like, you know what, F it. We're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be done with it. We'll do it live. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I got to check out a little bit more Ty Valkyrie. Do you think, uh, you know, maybe you compile me a couple of matches? Do you think she has a uh, list for a finalist of Women's Wrestler of the Year in 2019, Ryan? I, I think her run, I mean, she's the longest reigning Impact Women's Champion ever. And yeah. for a while, that was the pinnacle for non-independent women's wrestling. I mean, it was way better than the Women of Honor stuff that's going on. It was way better than WWE stuff. So, I mean, there is a yeah, little bit like of history. 15 years ago, 10 years yeah. ago, maybe. Not yeah, recently. I, no, no, not <laughs> at all. But but I just mean, like, in that in that lineage, I mean, you had some great yeah. champions, and she's had a longer run than them. I understand she doesn't have the competition to really drop it to, but I mean, she had a she had a good run. I think it was the end of last year, so I don't think it counts. But her stuff in Lucha Underground, I don't know if it carried into January, was pretty fun this last year um, that she was doing over there with the Worldwide Underground stuff, and she had a really good match at Triple Mania that that ladder match that Tessa Blanchard won for the uh, Reina de Reyes Championship. So. She's had a lot of quality stuff, and I think her only downfall is this year has been fluttered with so much good stuff like, you know, Io Shirai's coming out party, and Mm Shayna Baszler has been on a tear, and 
you know, watching. Yeah, but that's watching, been the same song for the last two years with Shayna Baszler. Yeah, and that's exactly that's not a bad thing. But, you know, no, like, no. Um, look at uh, uh, Sari over in uh, Sendai Girls doing the an ice ribbon. She's been really, really good coming out of the gate here. Um, I mean, I know it's it's not not all year, especially for fans in America, but Rio. Um, women's champion yeah. AEW. She's been the high speed champion in stardom as well since the summer. So I mean, she this last half of the year she's had a really good year. Yeah, and she's put on a hell of a uh, hell of a show stateside with AEW. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, that, the match that she had with Britt Baker, albeit short, I mean, it, it was a a damn good finish. Um, but B, you know, it was just a, a pretty good match for her to you know kind of over you know what many assume would be inaugural AEW Women's Champion. And, and, and that, you know, I'll give her that. And, and one other one, too, that comes to mind, because she finally dethroned Miyu Yamashita, who after, I think she had a 13-month title run, uh, Shoko Nakajima, the partner of Yuki, used to be uh, Yuka Sakazaki, who we've seen in AEW's partner in the Miracleans. And she's been running rampant in Tokyo Joshi Pro. So this, the, the only thing that kind of hurts Tai Valkyrie is her, her resume this year has been really outshined by a lot of people because there's been so much good stuff. And, you know, you mm-hmm. mentioned the Reho Britt Baker match. That, I, I don't think Britt Baker's that fantastic in the ring. I, I think I've seen more bad than good with her, but especially I, I not did, on the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She was doing <laughs> the stuff with Jr. the week before, but you know, it shows that if she's got the right dance partner, she can hang. And it also shows that Reho can take somebody to a different level. While, you know, maybe it was a three, three and a half star match, that's a lot better than you'd say you get out of a, you know, on a one-on-one with Britt Baker. So kudos to both of them. You know, I give both mm-hmm. credit because she hung with Rio. There was a couple of Britt Baker spots that were a little sloppy, but Rio got her back on track and they had a hot finish. Um, the the mandible claw thing's kind of a little ha-ha to me. You know, the dentist, mandible claw, whatever. But it was over. The crowd was behind it all and it was a great, the the finish was great because Rio kept Baker strong while still showing the resilience of the of the champion and finding a way to win. So they told a really good story. I I, I, agree I, with I thought so, and I like how it was kind of building over the last couple of weeks through the commentary, you know, through mm-hmm. the different actions, you know, w- with both. I mean, do you think this dentist thing? I mean, hey, it's awesome. She she did the schooling. She's obviously as a practice or whatnot. I mean, do you think that might hinder her, you know, years down the road? I mean, obviously, as a heel, the dentist gimmick, you know, totally works. But, I mean, it's something that's just kind of like 1990s about it in your eyes, or am I just... No, I think it depends how they use it. Like, I'm glad you mentioned the WWE 1990s type thing, because that was one of the main criticisms I heard with, with her finishing move was, that's very WWB-ish, yeah. WWE hammer home, get it, get it, she's a dentist type stuff. Like, <laughs> with what you're saying is is very, very true. I mean, you're you're not on the ledge by yourself on that one. There's a lot of people I mean, both. You have a Jungle Boy, a Luchasaurus, you have a dentist, you have a Marco Stunt, which again, hell of a tag match uh, last week on, uh, on Dynamite there. Uh, you have uh, New Orders, um, that that whole gimmick. I like to call them the human centipede, if you will. It's just a, a whole bunch of them. But but yeah, there's some you know little schlocky gimmicks. But I mean, it it works because 
for wrestling fans. There should still be gimmicks, right? But again, yeah. I just don't know how that will play out, you know, kind of in the long run, if that'll hurt her character, if you will. But I, I don't I see if, that. If they just mention it and let her keep doing this, you know, the more, you know, she she's almost, I'm trying to think of like a good example. It's almost like a female Bobby Roode. Very basic okay. gear with a robe, and it's very just simple. And if they just keep her like that, I don't think it's that bad because they're not. She's not coming out with like a, a doctor's mask on and a and a drill, and you know it's not like the stupid ass librar- librarians where they're coming out shishing people. You know what I mean? She's not looking at the crowd going, "Brush your teeth," <laughs> you know. So oh, I think that helps too. She will. No. When she turns, oh my God! Um, get the shirt to ready pro wrestling tees. Also, don't forget visit uh, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash wrestlecast. But um, I don't know. I, I see something wrong. I, I, you know, like I said, I think it was nice that they went the real route before the AEW Women's Championship. And hey, we're talking Impact Wrestling. I think. But, um, <laughs> Wherever we are, Ty Valkyrie, watch out, 2020. Longest reigning Impact Women's Champion. Um, now, I'll throw out a few things. So, in the in the dark match, we saw Madison Rain, which, again, I swear she was just in Ring of Honor a few months ago, taking on a newly contracted Shotzi Blackheart with the WWE, NXT, possibly NXT UK. I'm not sure. But two staples that aren't, you know, a part of the company, uh, Madison Rain, of course, has that uh, TNA impact lineage there, uh, you know, kind of from the uh, the forefront of the 2000s. Uh, but Shotzi Blackheart, do you think, you know, she could have been a viable opponent for Taya Valkyrie down the line? I, I think I it would have been much. Shotzi Blackheart's pretty good. She she got a con- – Regal came out and gave her a contract at that Evolve show that uh, WWE hosted on the network after her crazy uh, street fight she had on that show. Um, she did this wild suicide dive where she almost killed herself. <laughs> but I mean, she's—I think she's good. I think she would have been a lot better than Tennille Dashwood. And you know, former May Young Classic uh, Madison Rain. If we want to keep talking about all of her different escapades in the last few months, <laughs> um, I don't—I don't care to see Madison Rain anymore versus versus anyone. Like she's she's not good anymore. She's Ooh. she's just—I mean, it—it it is what it is. It's. I'm not trying to knock her, but like, I'll tell you, Valkyrie is so much more physical too. I think that's why Valkyrie works so good with Tessa Blanchard is because they're the kind of, they're the, we're going to get in there with the guys if we have to, and we're going to get roughed up and we're going to rough them up type people. And I think it's that that background and, you know, especially, you know, tell you Valkyrie, um, she, she was trained Lucha, you know, that was, that was where she got, um, uh, apparel, uh, I, I can't remember. I don't know why it's escaping me. The guy that that uh, accidentally died in the match with Rey Mysterio, um, it wasn't Paraguayo. I don't think. I can't. Maybe it was. I, I'm sorry if I for forgetting that. But you know, she trained with guys with the answer at Wrestlecast underscore SSM. Hit me up and correct me. Um, so she's just got that kind of pedigree, and like you know, you watch Tennille Dashwood, and you're watching it, and like, yep. She's definitely somebody that came through the PC. You know, she's doing these little things. And then Taya Valkyrie's just clotheslining her and Yakuza kicking her. And <laughs> Tio Dashwood's like, all right, I'm going to do my running splash. And here comes yeah, this. It, it, it seemed like 
Yeah, you're totally right. They were just on two totally different, you know, wavelengths on how to perform in this match. And, you know, yeah, I, I totally spaced on the, the PC nature that uh, Dashwood was probably shown. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Valkyrie looked good. Like I said, it was just the same old stuff that, that I seem like I keep seeing from Tennille Dashwood. Uh, two more things. Why didn't Jordan Grace, Jessica Havoc, and or Kiara Hogan get a shot instead? Or do you think they could, you know, obviously we know how great Jordan Grace is. I'm a fan of Jessica Havoc. Rosemary, I'm not too sure on. Kiara Hogan, Apparently she can twerk as as was shown in Chicago. Uh, do you think uh, you know these four women can uh, help elevate this women's division? Along uh, well, with Taya. She, she just had a program. Taya Valkyrie just won a, a feud against Jordan Grace, so I'm I, I'm guessing they're cycling her out for the time being. Um, I don't know. Jessica Havoc just doesn't do it for me anymore. I used to be really. I used to think she was really good, but I think she's just kind of just there now and I don't think Kara Hogan's anything special either. So they're they're in a tough spot. I think they're in that they're in the spot that Ring of Honor is in. But when Ring of Honor went to Mayo Iwatani to kind of carry the strap, mm-hmm. that's kind of what it feels like Impact's doing with going with Talia Valkyrie just try to have her run through ah. all these women and see if they can figure out somebody to do it. The only thing is Ring of Honor's decided to go back to uh you know, their champion, I don't even remember what the hell her name is. I, I don't think she's good at all. And that division, I mean, I, I don't care about watching her versus Angelina Love at, like, a pay-per-view. Like, that is <laughs> that is not, not anything worth knowing. You could think of a few things other to do uh, than, than watch that, to spend with your time. Speaking of Ring of Honor, uh, I don't mean to, to keep jumping off subject as we've, you know, we're, we've been hey, jumping over Hey, that's what makes here. this great. <laughs> so we we gave them crap because they put the title on Taven even though his contract was up before um, Marty Skrull. His contract up already? Yeah, apparently they they offered him like three times what he was making. Like, why would you pay Matt Taven that money when he did nothing for your company and you lost ratings and fans? But whatever, I guess you're desperate. Hey, doesn't bother but me. he was a company man. He stuck with yeah. them. I don't you know the feelers or whatnot but i think he's getting rewarded for that and he's been with them it seems like forever so you know he's bringing i'm 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 assuming business down in mexico you know he was the champ down there you know he had those feuds so maybe they they see that relationship too well let's hope because then they they had they put the title on roosh earlier it sounded like he was supposed to win it in december at final battle but they, they put it on him now because his contract is up this year so they went from expiring contract to expiring contract but yet Marty uh, Skrull didn't even get a whiff of it, except uh-huh. in the latter match in April. <laughs> and then get this. So they, they, they've had, in the last six months, Maria Manic Maria or Maria Manic or whatever the hell her name is, Maniac Maria, she's come out and annihilated the division at, at like two tapings and like two different pay-per-views. Um, mm-hmm. And she showed up at that last pay-per-view a couple weeks ago and destroyed Angelina Love and all them after the match was up. Um, and then they forgot that they only had her for six months, and now she has a WWE tryout. She's not under contract, and she didn't even work one match with the company. How awful is this country, company that they had this girl annihilate their entire division for six months and then not even book her in a match? <laughs> and then she gets signed by WWE. Yeah. This oh man, Ring of Honor is the drizzling shits right now. I mean, this is... So... If I don't remember if I have this number, but 
Did, did I tell you how many buys that pay-per-view had? Uh, did you say 29? It was like, I think it was like... 500? It was 815, I think it was. Oh, jeez. I mean, there, there, there's episodes of WrestleCast that we had more downloads in one day than they had pay-per-view buys, and they're a worldwide To company. be fair, maybe they have some off the Honor Club. Oh, maybe. Remember that? With the illustrious back catalog they have? <laughs> yeah, which we can't see any of the good stuff on. Where's my Where's my Masala versus Kenta? Where's my uh, Kobashi versus Joe? It's not on there. Where's Loki versus Kenta? You want to you oh, have man. a backlog? Show me the good stuff. The, the fact that we've literally had more, we've had episodes that have had more downloads than they had pay-per-view buys. And they're a worldwide entity that used to be with New Japan that was in Madison Square Garden WrestleMania weekend. And we do this out of two households. That makes me laugh hysterically. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Take that, Bully Ray. You want to pick on fans? <laughs> we, all, we all drew your pay-per-view, bitch. Yeah. We don't got to do your busted open StarCast radio podcast row. Because we'd be running that by ourselves in two households. Yeah. Like, like, think about that. Like, there, there's no reason a worldwide entity, million upon million dollar funded company that's on local television, syndicated all over the United States, and has partnerships with Mexico and Japan, should be outdrawn by WrestleCast Radio episode 126 or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, that shouldn't be a thing. Now, I'll take a pat on the back, as I'm sure you are, but it's just like, you guys got some work to do in Ring of Honor. And, yeah. and if they don't figure this out soon, how long till you go the progress route? And just go, screw it. You want to buy our library? You want to just, whatever. So, what, I know we talked about this last show, but, I mean, if they did buy the library, would they be able to get the good stuff from the 2000s, or was that an entirely different money tree they probably won't go to. I believe that's a whole, because I think that's a whole different, um, a whole different thing, like a whole different Oh, my gosh. So so here's something. I heard another podcast do this, and once again, we're all over the board, so the hell with it. We're just going to, this is just a clusterfuck, whatever. Ring of Honor at the point are are so desperate that uh, the Pittsburgh show on November 2nd, the, the ROH experience show, uh, voting is now open through October 30th where we get to pick the opponents. And they don't even know how to describe this right. So, what? Do you want to help? <laughs> so, so, wait, wait, wait. What is this Ring of Honor? November 7th? November 2nd. Uh, November voting 2nd. is open until next Wednesday. Um, and and there, there's another show uh, that, that basically did this and said, do we want to book like, how do we want to book this? Do we want to book this the worst possible show possible and see if we win and then watch if ROH has to literally run the worst possible show that you could have? Oh, my gosh. Yes. So let's let's vote through this real quick. Oh, my uh, the God. The opening match, you get to choose Dragon Lee's opponent. And they don't even know how to describe it right. Alex, did you know? That Mexican star Dragon Lee is one of the most dynamic competitors in pro wrestling. Uh, and quote, the former IWGP heavyweight champion. 
I did not know that. Wow. When did he gain all that weight? So, and I want to know who he beat for the title. Um, we'll see what happens. It must have um, been during the early Tanahashi years where it was the dark, the dark ages. When he was 12, was like, because that would have been how old Dragon Lee would have been. Uh, uh, Bob Sapp or Kazushi uh, 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 Fujita, or maybe like um, uh, uh, Tadeo Yasuda, one of those guys. <laughs> like, this is unbelievable. Your options that you can watch him wrestle is PJ so Black. There's only five matches Kenny wow. King, Jeff Cobb, or Eli Isom. Honestly, I would go with the PJ Black. Now, now, are you trying to book a good match or are you trying to book a bad match? <laughs> oh, is he not good anymore with that cool mustache? No, but that's like so. So, like, <laughs> like good so, match, so, I would pick that. Bad match, I would pick Kenny King. I think Isom I, has some potential. Honestly, the couple of matches I've seen King with him then. this year. Uh, Kenny King, I would say, is the worst option out of that. <laughs> um, pick the challengers to face the Briscoes for the titles. Josh Woods and Silas Young, the Tate Twins, uh, Master and Machine, or the Soldiers of Savagery. Who, who, and who? <laughs> I don't know who they are. Let's go to Soldiers of Savagery. That sounds fun. Uh, sure. Who is that just a, a DOD with a different gimmick? Because they're so embarrassed. Um, you can pick the stipulation for Gresham versus Haskins. Two out of three falls, European rounds, or pure rules. What are European rounds? Wouldn't that just be they, pure rules? They do, like, like three-minute rounds, and then, like, if it's a draw, it goes to points like a boxing match. Oh, two out of three. I think that match could actually be pretty damn good, honestly. Right, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, Tracy Williams versus Flip Gordon. Pick the stipulation. Strat match, Singapore Kane, or last man standing? Oh, yuck. Um, I'm going to go strat match because that might make the match suck because then Flip might not be able to flip. Ah, what if he tries to flip and then he yanks the strap and he just falls off while flipping? Wouldn't that Ooh, be cool? We might get a good gift from uh, L- uh, Senior Lariato on Twitter then. <laughs> All right, right. I'm voting for that one. Pick the partners for Roosh and Matt Taven. Your options are Roosh and Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven and Dalton Castle, or Roosh and Dalton Castle versus Jay Lethal and Matt Taven. (laughs) Are we going WWE programming, or how are we going to book this? I mean, the obvious is the, uh, the, the enemies teaming up, right? So we go Roosh and Lethal against Taven and Castle? No, it would be Roosh and Castle versus Taven and Lethal. Oh, so then we can watch the enemies fight each other. Got it. All right, voted. No, I'm kidding. Let's go the other way. I'm going the other way. <laughs> All right. And pick the challengers to face the six-man tag champions. Whoa, Elf, there's a lot of people. <laughs> um, we have Beer City Bruiser. Caprice Coleman, Colt Cabana, Dalton Castle, Eli Isom, Joe Hendry, Kenny King. Matt Taven's apparently nominated. <laughs> hey, if Seth Rollins can be in two matches at the uh, the Saudi Blood Money event next week, um, oh, I should just call it Saudi Ween. 
Um, dur- during that gimmick, yes, they took him out. I know, but really, they double booked the guy after you know. Anyways, we won't get into that. But uh, yeah, Matt Taven apparently delirious is an option. Ooh. Let's pick delirious. We can book the Booker. Uh, LSG. I don't know what that is. Ryan Nova, Brian Malonis, Ick, Dak Draper. God, there are some shitty wrestlers in this company. How's that Joe Hendry? Is it part of that shitty wrestler list? or? Yeah, we can put Joe Hendry in there. Why not? Let's throw Joe Hendry in there. Um, what's the most He's odd thing we can make? <laughs> Joe Hendry. Caprice Coleman. Ali. Isn't he their announcer? I think so. We could add him. We could do Caprice Coleman and Colt Cabana, the announcing team. There you go. Let's let's do Caprice Coleman, Colt Cabana, and Delirious, the two announcers and the Booker. <laughs> oh, I hope they win. I really right. do. Submit your vote. Let's go. But I watch our votes be the only ones because no one a knows rohwrestling dot com exists, and b no one's gonna vote. If. If all of a sudden we find out that Caprice Coleman, Cole Cabana, and Delirious are the new six-man tag champions, I will shit my pants on the air for everybody. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. WrestleCaster Radio votes are in. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. We are going to be tweeting the voting. Ring of Honor is going to be getting more access due to WrestleCaster Radio. Uh, I'm going to be hitting the Twitter. I can't believe this is a thing. Oh my god! It's like you remember the first well, uh, taboo, taboo Tuesday when they like, like it's pro wrestling. You could, you should, you could easily make this a work, or mm-hmm. you know, instead of a shoot. And instead, they didn't, and they got like those odd pairings that like random people won that they didn't think were gonna win, and people were in the back like confused, like. And then the matches were just trash because the people had not talked once before because nobody thought like. <laughs> So, like, Shelton Benjamin won the voting over, like, Shawn Michaels and Edge, and everyone yeah. got all confused, like, uh, what? And he's like, all right, well, here I go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was <and> Jericho. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, I mean, they were trying something new during the dawning of the internet, I will say, due to those Cyber Sundays or Cyber Tuesdays and, you know, whatever, all that craziness, Taboo Tuesdays. Uh, they, so they were, I, I will give them that. For Ring of Honor to do this at the tail end of a decade uh, of, of 2019 here, that's just lazy. That's just like, we don't have anyone because we're tired of seeing Mr. City Bruiser either going for the tag team championships, the TV title, which what's happening with that, by the way, um, or some other random title. Uh, it's it, It's the epitome of we don't know what to do anymore, so we'll just let you guys do it. Is this company I mean, going to fold by 2021? I don't know, man. At some point, you got to wonder. If you can't sell tickets, I mean, and, and you're you're going on, you know, syndicated TV deals, I mean, what what else can you do? I'm trying to see if I can find attendance records here. Because when um, I saw Bullet Club take on LIJ 5 on 5, the Kenny Omega Bullet Club, the Tetsuya Naito, Hiromu Takashaki, LIJ, and the building was maybe, I don't know, a third sold? 
that's when you know something's off and bad because any other city or any other promotion would have promoted it to make it a bigger thing. It's it's just I don't know, man. It, it they're just they just don't sell tickets. They're just not. It's just not selling tickets, man. I don't. I. I, I mean that look at that Samstown crowd. There was like more open seats than full seats. Oof, gosh. That is. Like, I'm trying to find. Uh, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to see if I can find attendance for that for that last show here, that Death Before Dishonor, because it's just like, at some point you gotta wonder like. You know, Impact always found a way. I know to it was in the out. triple digits. I, I I know that for sure. Um, I can't. Let's see if I can find it on Reddit. Um, the reporter for TV is they 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 had four hundred sold tickets and they gave away three hundred. It looks like. Jeez. Wow, they got to start running Hopkins again. <laughs> man, I don't know, man. Um, was that show that you went to, Adam Cole? Was that Cole's last show or Steen's last show? You that went was to? Steen's last show. He worked uh, Champa on it. Was that wow, wow? Was that the last good crap of Ring of Honor wrestling? Do you think during that time, or was that so long ago that they've had? quality talent since then. I mean, I really enjoyed some of those other stuff that we saw last year. Like the, when, you know, when they had Kushi, when that, that show with Kushi. Oh, and Jamie, yeah. That, yeah. I, that was really good. Um, but I mean, even cause, cause you figure they lost Adam Cole. They lost Kevin Owens. They lost, they lost Champa. They lost <laughs> Red Dragon. Uh, Holy ish. You, like you said, wrong. They're like progress because progress already sold their everything to the WWE. And it seems like all their wrestlers, like all the progress wrestlers signing over there all signed with NXT WWE within the last five or six years. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, yeah, when, when are they just going to say, buy our library, we're done. And and, and think of even like, like you're totally right. Like, you know, punishment Martinez is gone. Um, they chose they, they chose Sean Taylor over Keith Lee, and look what happened with that. They had they made Donovan Dijak a star, and they let him walk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's so many guys that they had they had ACH for a while. You know, I understand it was it was more than just the New Japan thing with them as a partnership, but you know, let's not forget they lost the Elite, they lost AJ Styles. Um, just a lot of guys that were regulars. They lost Cedric Alexander. So you're saying they're the, the ECW of the 2010s where they were just essentially a, uh, a feeding ground for a yeah, farm system. Thank you for WWE because exactly where progress was it for the, the UK wrestling. It just seems like, boom, they're just Think all, the you know. Three years, all the people, they th- or four years, we'll say four, because AJ, AJ and them came in what? Was it beginning of 2016? 16. Yeah. Okay. It seems so, like forever so, ago. That's the crazy 16, thing. 17, 18, 19. So we'll say the last four years. Mm-hmm. And look at how many people they don't have anymore. Yeah. I mean, you they have been ransacked. 
And once again, the problem I've always said about this this company, and it's kind of the problem Pro Wrestling Noah's had with with their upbringing is they they didn't they should have seen a lot of this coming. You know, Gallows and Anderson were were mainstays there. They should have seen it coming. And they did not make new stars. And now they're struggling to make new stars. And they're just trying to buy up whatever leftover talent there is. And not mm-hmm. even Moose. I know he's not a, the greatest thing, but Moose was in that company. He left. Yeah. You know, they had a lot of people that just walked and they didn't do anything to hang on to him. Michael Elgin was the guy that was in their company that's gone. Yep. You, you know, you, you look at New Japan, they lose their big four and it didn't matter. Oh, they just no, said, all right, not. cool, peace. Watch what we're going to do now. And then when AJ walks, they make Kenny Omega the same show by him taking out AJ. <laughs> you know, they, they what happened. You know, <laughs> pro, pro wrestling Noah lines up to, well, it, I mean, even look at, look at Kenny Omega leaves and they, they make Jay White. Mm-hmm. You know, because then he beats Tanahashi. So, like, they continue to do it correctly. You know, pro wrestling Noah tries to make Kaito Kiyomiya the guy, and for the first few months of his run, he just came out in, in basic green trunks, gets his ass kicked the whole time, and they don't make him a star. They get bought out, and now he's got this fancy, crazy peacock robe, and the crowd's like, ah, we don't care. And now, you know, November 3rd's their big G1 Voyage show that I, or N1 Voyage uh, final, you know, because they just that's like their G1 and Kano won it. He gets a shot at Kiyomiya. I won't be shocked if they put the strap back on Kano because Kiyomiya is not moving the needle. It's not like they they didn't do it. They may have not gotten cleaned out, but they weren't ready to make that next star. And when they were, they didn't do it properly. And that's what we saw with like they, they tried to make Matt Taven this big deal and it didn't work. Yes, there's, there's, you know, you have your, your Madison Square Taven fans and things like that, that, you know, far and here and there, but they just didn't do it. Look at, look at a company that we've gotten big into um, recently in Dragon Gate, and look at what they did in the last two years. They made Ben K a star, and it's believable. Yeah. That's smart book. They, they're so, making R.E.D. as a faction a star, mm-hmm. yep. a, a, a mainstay, even after they their main guy, Pac, being, you know, one of their longest reigning champions for, what, over two years almost? Yeah, he hadn't been pinned since September of 2017, and I think he had the strap for at least a year Okay, um, when he beat Yoshino for it. You know, but look look at, now mind you, it's a couple years back, but we're talking that same window. Look at what All Japan did with uh, Kento Miyahara. They've established him as the guy, and he's a huge And Nomura. Yeah, and and they're making those guys. You know, and with Dragon Gate, I love that you mentioned no more in Jake Lee. Look what they're doing in the background with Shun Skywalker and KZ. They're oh, making totally. yeah, new yeah. guys. Ata, they're making their new guys. You know, these companies like Ring of Honor just don't do it. They're not making new guys. They're taking Rouge from CMLL, putting the strap on him to try to spark a rating, and then he's just going to leave. You have Marty Skrull, who you could argue was an ROH guy before a New Japan guy, he was a True. former TV champ. He feuded with Will Ospreay and Dragon Lee for that title. He came in after doing the, the PWG stuff with Aleister Black down there. And they don't they didn't do anything with him. He's in a he's in a 
who gives a shit six-man tag where now PCO, because they don't have anything to do, wins that tournament, and now you're main eventing your WrestleMania with Roosh versus PCO. I'm not trying to dog PCO, but you really, he's not main eventing WrestleMania. He's not meant to main eventing Wrestle Kingdom. No. He's like your marquee second or third match on that card, for sure. Yeah, there you yeah, go. No, no. But yeah, I mean, he's the guy who should have been like, hey, cast your vote, PCO for the world title at the experience or inexperience, <laughs> it seems like, with this company. So I could name probably nine wrestlers from Dragon Gate, about maybe five or six from uh, from, from All Japan, um, eight, eight to ten from DDT. Uh, I can't maybe name five in Ring of Honor. And I pull up their wrestler list there, Ryan, and the very first one is actually uh, being a guest trainer at the WWE Performance oh, Center God, this week. Alex, Alex Shelley. Very <laughs> 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 I was like, wait a second, that's not going to be for long. Oh, this company's struggling, man. And you know, we we look at Bound for Glory that we started reviewing an hour ago. They just don't die. They always figure out ways <laughs> to keep going. And Ring of Honor, the spirit of Jeff happen. Jarrett with them. That's for sure. Ain't he great? Ain't he great? <laughs> Speaking yeah. of great, the North retained their <laughs> Impact World Tag Team Championships. <laughs> that, that, I mean, Ring of Honor, Dunzo. I mean, that's. I mean, I like how Jay White's in their roster, but he's been there what once, maybe this year. Yeah. And, and that was to defend the IWGP against Okada at the Super Show. Oh, my gosh. Are, look how quick New What did I say? The second Madison Square Garden is over, New Japan is breaking up with them. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the partner who rode the other partner until they got to go to the big, the big Super Bowl party. And then after they got, their, got in there to do what they wanted to do, they didn't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, oh they probably didn't gosh. need him anyway. They probably would have sold that building themselves. But I bet <laughs> they got a nice deal not having to pay for the whole thing. Well, let's be real. We're not going to fold since we've realized they're the ECW of the of the thousands. Uh, you know, if you will just kind of uh, building talent for for other promotions. Taking them, <laughs> building them as theirs, and then losing them. Uh, Ryan Nova, by the way, looks like he could be your brother. Well, he should give me my name back, the dick. <laughs> I want to see Ryan Nova versus Ryan Cook um, at the next EWI show in, in Bumfart, uh, North Dakota, whatever. I the think it's this weekend shows. too. Yucks! I like to have Will Osprey and Zack Saber Jr. on there, and again, twice they've been on, yeah. on Ring of Honor TV. Maybe maybe three for Zack Saber. You saw him in Miami, so yeah. But holy cool. moly. Future of Honor. Let's see if they're building anyone. Amy Rose. She good? Who's Amy Rose? Brian Johnson. Is he good? Ryan Johnson? I went to high school with him. Really? Like this Brian Johnson? Oh, Brian. I think he said Ryan Johnson. No, 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 Brian Johnson. Dak Draper, which, A, I've been using that name for years. Uh, (laughs) B... He's got the look, but anything from Dak Draper. I feel like you're making things up right now. I wish I was. Dante Caballero. 
That is what I want to go for Halloween in 2020. <laughs> or to the 90s beer crawl, this is who I'm going to go as. Um, Flex Simmons, by the way. How down are you with Flex Simmons? These sound like some guy that got signed to WWE and they're going to the performance center and this is the name given. Like, all right, ACH, welcome here. You're going to be Jordan Miles. <laughs> oh, oh, here comes uh, Trevor Because it incorporates Lee. the A You're and the CH that everyone Cameron Grimes. Oh, Priest, Prince Martinez, you're going to be Damian Priest. I mean, that Black makes sense. Like, that God. Sense. <laughs> uh, my favorite, though, the white version of Demetrius, Joe Keys, with the flowing long hair. Joe Keys? This is on their website. I should be a wrestler more than Flex Simmons. No offense. All right, Future of Honor. Oh boy. Well, Dante Caballero. That's who's Vinny Pacifico. (laughs) Joe Keys. Joe Keys. Who's Radio? I I swear. I think Grey Worm killed Rayo in uh, season eight of the uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, isn't this one of the one of the hard? I get that. I get that reference <laughs> since I watched pictures. So, so we can pretty much say Kirk Connors is probably going to be better than eighty percent of these future of honors. I think Clark Connors might be the best of the young lions that they I think he's up there with Umino. Yeah. I think Ooh. he's been really good. Oh yeah. And look, look at look at the, 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 the young lions, the crop. Red Narita showed up Umino going on excursion. Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, they they look so good. Yuya Yamura. Google. Google Yuya Yamura. It's Y-U-Y-A-U-E-M-U-R-A. Tell me, does this guy not look like I should have been a superstar in Japanese wrestling in, like, the 80s with his hair? Oh, totally. But he looks like, so different in the in the tag league right now. Is he in the tag league? I want to say, isn't he? Let me, let me check my notes. Let me get off impact. Uh, yeah, Yuya Yamura is in the tag league. It's him and Tiger Mask. That rules. Dude, He this guy is going to be a future world champion sex symbol for this company. Oh, totally. Like, this, Even this his guy picture is, is just chest out. Yeah, like this dude is the epitome of what like Antonio Inoki wanted. I'm sending you the the most perfect Yuya Yamura picture right now. It's from Dunlop. <laughs> like, he, like... They they get it. They understand how to make these stars. And yeah. you know, they're not going, Hey, let's go get Flex Simmons from MCW or wherever <laughs> Maryland Championship Wrestling. And to be fair with oh. you, Mura, I you know, we of course are our Ren Narita um and, and uh you Chinagano. What's if he's a young lion, that's but you know, we we've been fans of these young lions, but when oh, I saw yeah. Yamura in this tag league uh, him and Tiger Mask 64 uh, looked pretty damn good as a team, I would say. Um, there was a spot where he had the crab on Teton, and then Volador was just I don't know, he gave him like he gave Yumura like 20 chops 
while he had this crab still on Teton, and he wouldn't let go. And I'm like, oh, I got to start paying attention to this guy. Who's this beast? Yeah, dude, this this crop of young lions is something. Dude, I just had a heart attack almost. Are you still on this Ring of Honor page? I just exited out of it, actually. So when you Whoa, click on my profile, there's a link that says buy my merchandise. There's no merchandise, but I'm like, wait, you mean to tell me that they made Flex Simmons merchandise on this website? This company is doomed. Buy my but, merchandise? <laughs> thankfully, there's nothing there. Golly. How did he have a link? <laughs> nothing. And has applied his charisma, talents, aesthetics, and relentless work ethic to earn his spot in Future of Honor. Despite the adversity he's faced! Exclamation, exclamation. Do you, um, if, if you want, you can play uh, Pick'em on their website, too. I don't know if you knew you could play Pick'em. I, I don't know what that means, but why does Flex Simmons look like he was, like, I'm not even going to go there. Let's, uh, that was our weekly Ring of Honor rant, <laughs> ladies and germs. Again, the North uh, successfully retained their tag team championships <laughs> in a triple threat match uh, over a bump for glory this past Sunday, uh, taking on the team of Rich Swan, Willie Mack, and uh, Team Extreme. Yes, not the Hardy Boys, but the OGs themselves. Rhino, Rob Van Dam. I would say the big thing in this match. Two things, Ryan, for me. A, we had the crazy heel turn by Rob Van Dam as he super kicked Rhino as he was going for the floor. Um, But B, the North, amazing. Josh Alexander, he's a one-man revival all by himself. A grizzled young vet he would totally make, uh, you know, make them proud. And Ethan Page, the mouthpiece that this team needs. But kudos to the weight loss, to the muscle gain, um, and just overall healthy lifestyle. It looks like Ethan Page has, uh, you know, amassed over the last couple of months, and his ring work is still pretty damn awesome. But Rich Swan and Willie Mack, that's a hell of a duo. That's a great team. I can't wait to see them and the North take it on. Um, are you excited to see RVD Rhino in an extreme match sometime down the line in Impact, Ryan? To do nope. some twenty-year anniversary. Nope. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, I, you know, I went two and a half on this match, and it's because it was just really long. But I really liked the North. <laughs> I really like. I mean, I just I thought it was a good paced match. It was. It's some like for a while, like at, near the end, I was like, "All right, this has gone on for long enough. You need to just go home with this because I don't need to see Rhino out there for twenty minutes." When we could have just had a 12-minute North Max Swan match, and it would have been fantastic. True, true. But you and had then, to get the hair scrunchie throw by RVD on Rhino. You you just had to wait for that spot. They had to get that on camera, which I thankfully we saw. Like, oh, of course, that's why it was still going on. The scrunchie. Like, meanwhile, we still saw uh, Mahabali Shira and Falaba trying to eliminate each other in the background. Um, they were just in the food section. Speaking real quick, not to jump back on it, this is the last time. Um, I entered the ROH Pick'em contest. Uh huh. Um, I chose 
uh, Jeff Cobb or Matt Taven defeat Jeff Cobb uh, on June 28th, 2019 at Best in the World because that's the current match I can pick. Wow. So was that an engage? I don't know. This was the, the, the current pick em list is four months old. Oh, so. yikes. I should have. I Who do they have running their podcast. internet? Wrestlecast Radio. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say they must have the strong style media. Strong style media. Running their web page like you're on Zars. Ignoring it. JJ. Hey, tomorrow, <laughs> just call him JJ the whole night. Not Jordan. Not just uh, just JJ for the whole game and see what see what. Happens. Oh, so like ain't I great? Ain't I great? Ain't I great? I'll keep walking by him. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, Michael Elgin defeats Dale Michi Marafugi, um, as they pronounced it, uh, Marafuji coming out. Uh, did you see that picture I posted from Japan where it said Man Fugi with Kenta when he's pointing yeah. at that Yeah. <laughs> it's like it wasn't the first time. I was like, damn, they called him Man Fugi in Japan. Um, I went three and a half on this. Elgin with a burning hammer. The only thing that hurt this match for me is it felt like it did when, when Mara Fuji worked Endo at Peter Pan, Ooh. where I'm just waiting for him to get going, and Endo's killing himself to make this match great. Elgin was working his ass off, and finally at the end, Mara Fuji started coming around to it. But mm-hmm. from the sounds of it, is it's... it's, it's He's more banged up than I actually thought he was over the last couple of years, and I credit that not knowing it to the fact they haven't been able to watch as much Noah. Like I, you know, I've been bitching about not seeing Noah for months. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's kind of in that Kenta stage where he's there, but his body's not following. So, oh. I mean, it was what it was. I take it for what it was, but man, I was having Endo uh, Marafuji flashbacks, which I was just like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> like Marafuji, like, when Marafuji got put up in that powerbomb, and he threw, like, three of the limpest wrist punches I have ever watched. I'm like, dude, hit this guy. <laughs> For the love of God, hit Michael Elvis. Hit him. It was... um. But how can you when this is a Michael Elgin or showcase this matchup? Is, uh, judgment. How could you not go five stars on the Michael Elgin? Hey, I wrestled in Japan. Let me beat one of the greats. Yeah, and and I thought Elgin looked really good. It was that Elgin looked was great. Young. That tan, it was it was like Cook twenty Cook twenty eleven, <laughs> February twenty twenty fifth two thousand nineteen. Naomichi Marafuji defeats Tetsuya Endo in a dramatic dream match that I went two and three quarters on. Ooh. You know, and that's what it felt like. I was just like, come on. And the only thing, the only difference was I knew that it, I was like, well, at least he's probably not jobbing. So at least yeah. or he's not he's not gonna go over. So they're gonna get get Elgin over with it. But I don't know. It's just I'm so used to what Marafuji was. It's just like Kenta. It, it goes back to the Noah thing. These are all my Noah guys that I loved eight years ago that are just not what they were. And it's, well, it's just like, it's kind of like when I started, why, like, yes, they still have fantastic matches now and then. Like the Koji, Satoshi Kojima's match with Shingo was tremendous yes. at Suntaku or whatever it was. Um, You know, Eugene Agata still has Dominion? These awesome or Dominion. Thank you. Um, 
Eugene Agata still has these amazing matches here and there, but it's just like, man, I remember 15 years ago when Kojima and Nagata were Tanahashi and Okada, and they were the best wrestlers alive. And it's just, it's, it's hard when, you know, watching guys that I loved in Japan, just not being able to do it as much anymore. And Marafuji's getting on that list now and it, it sucks, but you know, it is what it is. Maybe he'll get the ultimate dragon treatment uh, in, in Dragon Gate in like five years. <laughs> I'm kidding, Noah. Uh, if they're not bought by WWE. Oh, wait, they, they lost, you know, that, that ship too. Um, no, I thought this was okay. Elgin looked, you know, he looked hard. This was a strong style match, probably about two-thirds in, where, like you said, Marifuji's like, all right, I got to, you know, knee in the face multiple times here, but uh, that reverse of Death Valley driver on Marafuji's head, uh, unfortunately, I think that might slow him down even a little bit more because that looked pretty brutal. Um, he took how many Elgin bombs, by the way? So oh my uh, God. it was good to see the slow red number two a couple of times, um, you know, uh, by Marafuji there. I believe one was on the outside too, which yeah, was a pretty, uh, pretty damn cool. spot. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I th- honestly, this was a, I, I thought this delivered. I don't know too much, um, you know, of, of Marafuji's back catalog, unfortunately. I know the history of him, but uh, a good match again for, for a showcase for Elgin, and there's nothing wrong with that. Keep tanning. No, not at all. Um, then we saw my match of the night. I went four stars, actually, on this. Uh, Ace awesome. Austin defeats Jake Crist, Tessa Blanchard, Dagon, AC Romero in a five-way ladder match. AC Romero took a table bump off of a ladder to the floor, and the table disintegrated. Like there was like <laughs> it was like um, like shot like uh, like table scraps just laying there for the rest of the show that they couldn't get cleaned up. Uh, Tessa Blanchard took a lot of awesome bumps. She had that cool spot with Jake Crist at the beginning when she yep. went for the uh, she hit him with a suicide dive, went for a second one, and he caught her with a cutter on the on the stage. That was awesome. Um, Daga Daga looked engaged for the most part, so I, I enjoyed yep. what he did. But this this was this was a nice spot fest, but it wasn't too overdone because as you know as as I've said, we've kind of talked about. I kind of need a little bit of a break. I think everyone kind of needs a little bit of a break of ladder matches. They're just happening so damn frequently. But this didn't feel like a chore. There was a lot of good – they told a good story as opposed to just, all right, you're going to bump on this and you're going to bump on that. Like there was actually some, mm-hmm. some, you know, some substance to the match. And, you know, they, they did a really good job of making Tessa Blanchard look like she was going to win and she showed the emotion yep. after she lost. And I thought that was really good. And, you know, Ace Austin sneaks in and gets the victory. And I that think was it's, great. It's, again, it's a nice chance for Impact to try to make a new star. Hint, hint. Um, Warrior Wrestling had him first. Come on. <laughs> and, and to be fair, Tessa Blanchard is over. She didn't need the title. So I think they made a good call not going with the obvious and going with Ace Austin. So I give him kudos for that. It was a good pick. Austin was a great foil and I think can be a good foil to Tessa Blanchard down the line. Um, I agree. I don't know if she needed the title right away, but uh, you know, this, this was a great fun car crash. Um, and, it, and like you said, the, the spots in it, they all made sense, you know, kind of into the match there. Um, kudos to AC Romero from not only integrating that table, but for being smart in that spot where he kind of like twisted 
off of that ladder so he could make sure he landed and murdered that table there. Um, like you said, Tessa, you know, took her spots, but uh, a lot of great spots in this match. But the, uh, the, the, the Mexican destroyer that Daga hit on Jake Chris onto the ladder, as he was kind of running through the rope and like suicide dived to him. And then Mexican destroyed him through the ladder was freaking nuts. Like you said, though, <laughs> it was a good time to see him kind of, you know, be awake for the first time since uh, progress. But Ace Austin, you know, ever since seeing him live over at Warrior Wrestling, I believe five, um, I was just like, wow, this kid has it. This kid, um, you know, he reminded me of, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, Zachary Wentz or Darby Allen. You know, this new crop of guys where, you know, they can kind of, you know, modify their styles to whatever the match kind of calls in, calls for. So, you know, I, he's just one of those guys where, you know, the future looks definitely bright. He could play that D-bag role really well, um, you know, hitting <laughs> Tessa with the baton. So uh, it's going to be good stuff, you know, kind of going forward. Um, Tessa Blanchard now, I mean, she's, you know, obviously in gender with impact over the last, you know, back half of the year, you know, him, her and OVE, Sammy Callahan, of course, having that big match a few, uh, few shows back there. Um, where do you see her kind of in, in, in the front? Is she the one to take out Taya for the impact women's championship, you know, down the line, or is she going to continue kind of, you know, pushing for the division or possibly another championship, uh, you know, in the male ranks? See, that's, I think she's interesting in that aspect because it's one of those, what, where do you truly go with her now? Because you've already went, you went really far, the Sammy Callahan thing, especially um, the OBE feud. You've had her in these intergender matches. You know, she's going for heavyweight or for men's championships. She was in a number one contenders match for the title or to be in the title match with um, Brian Cage. So, I almost wonder if you just got to keep going with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe maybe she fused with... Is it considered Austin? a slide back if, if she goes back to the women's division? I mean, because she can prove she can go with both. But obviously, it's not there, um, I would say, mainstream-wise. Because, you know, we, we get a hint of it, uh, you know, every blue moon on WWE... But it seems like, you know, Impact's the only one that's been doing it consistently, but only with one of their wrestlers. So, yeah, I mean, where's the ceiling then when it comes to Tata? And then, you know, if she ever does leave Impact, what what happens when all she does is just face, you know? It, and, I mean, that's, you, you look at Tessa Blanchard had the title for about five months before she lost to Talia Valkyrie. So, I mean, she's, she has had a run as champion I guess you could go back that way, but you've already kind of done it once. And I don't know. I wouldn't be mad about it. I wouldn't be mad to see her and, and Taya. But Malcolm. you take Taya out, you insert you know, Tessa Blanchard in. You know, who's again going to be the opponent to knock her off? Who's going to be that believable? Why have her go through that run again? Because then it's yeah. like, all right, where's the next guy? So you're right. She's in such a weird spot, a good spot. But again, future, you know, storyline purposes, what's going to make of it? And, and do you think that, if mm-hmm. she ever does get a shot for the world championship, do you think it'll meet with, you know, you know, like, oh, this could be interesting or more hemming and hawing from the marks? 
Yeah. I, I, it almost just feels like she's over enough in that spot where you can just do it. You know what it kind of reminds me of in a, I guess it's not the same type of a way, but in the same feeling of it, it reminds me of Candice LeRae in Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Where she just seems natural. Like when Wrestle Circus was still a thing. She, you know, she had one of their two titles and did a unification match with Brian Cage. Um, where I think Cage won, where she had a, a singles title. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of just become the norm. And it helps she's not, you know, it's not Sasha Banks trying to wrestle Sammy Callahan. You know, Tessa Blanchard is built. She she doesn't look out of place. Like, when she was in there getting into a forearm battle with Jake Chris, she didn't look out of place fighting Jake no. Chris. Um, when she took that Samoan drop from AC Romero off the ladder, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I wasn't like, oh, gosh. I was like, all right, she, what, how is she going to repay him? You know, yeah, what is she going to do to this guy? And she got him back by pushing him off of a ladder onto a table. So it, she got it hers. Doesn't, it doesn't feel like, oh, my God, they're beating up a woman when she's in the ring. You know, it, it, yeah, and, and with intergender matches, though, I rarely – get that at first i remember when you showed me my first you know intergender you know pay-per-view or whatnot a few years ago i was like i don't know how i feel about this but after mm-hmm. a couple i'm like oh it's just wrestling yeah and <laughs> and you, the, the thing with her that i think helps her in in the situation of just who she's working and everything going on like that is she doesn't move like this is going to sound really weird but there's a lot of women's wrestlers that just move awkward. It's like, it's like when you watch a WNBA game, it's not necessarily bad basketball, but they don't move like the men. It looks yeah. a little more yeah. robotic. And I don't, I'm not trying to like say anything bad. Just not used to it. Yeah. She looks like she is just an every day just needs to be in there and just working these guys. Like it, nothing looks awkward with her. Like, remember when, when they did Christian and, and Chris Jericho against Trish and Lita? And, like, mm-hmm. the match had to be worked all different. And, you know, the spots were weird. And it, it just looked awkward when Trish was punching Jericho. And it, it just it didn't it just didn't look right. Like, when I'm watching Tessa Blanchard fire up on Sammy Callahan, I believe everything I'm watching. Oh, totally. And I think because you have that aspect, I don't think you need to go back on it. I think you just run it. Just see what happens. She's oh, over. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, I, I don't think it would meet any booze. Um, not, you know, like metaphorical booze. If she did get a championship match, like, and we'll get into that where I, I think maybe the wrong person won in the main event there. Um, we'll, we'll get your thoughts here in a second. But I think if that if if Callahan would have won the championship in the main event, um, I think it could have set up something a few months down the line next year, 2020, new decade, new impact, you know. And I think that's when you could have threw in, you know, Tessa Blanchard against Sammy Callahan for the Impact World Championship. You have that history. You have, you know, just you know, the, Tessa to build her up, her way up there against Brian Cage, I mean, in, in a number one contenders match, great build up, and then boom, her and Sammy, 
how could that not draw? How could that not yeah. get people talking and watching them on Access TV now? And and that's kind of that was kind of the one thing I said. You know, when I texted texted you that uh, Sunday night before I knew you you had a phone issue or whatever. You know, I said, does Tessa win the X Division Championship and does she cash in with the Ultimate Opportunity thing? Yep. yep. And do we see her leave as the champion? I thought there was a really good shot that that could happen. That would have been good. Crowd would have popped. So crowd would have popped. There's just a lot you could do with it, and I I think you just ride it. I think I think you just see where it goes, and I mean it's not like it's gonna hurt you. It's not you know <laughs> Impact has their core fans that are gonna stick. It's it's kind of like right now if you look at NXT, you know they they went from. You know they're down to what is it like seven seven hundred and twelve thousand they did last show. I think we're mm-hmm. starting to see the tapered off number of people that are going to watch NXT. You know it's kind of like when SmackDown had that. You know I mean they didn't even do four million on that first Fox show, which is kind of underwhelming. You'd think Fox they'd at least hit four or five. Mm-hmm. And you know now Especially with all the stars that they were touting, you know the weeks leading into it. Mm-hmm. They had the rock. But really, there. what mean, the hell is Hulk Hogan gonna do for anyone now? <laughs> Except to hear the music, you're like, all right, and then you just think of, oh, it's Hulk Hogan. Well, then they have the the rock come out to do something with Baron Corbin. Like, who the yeah. hell cares? That was just dumb. So, you know, you look at that show, and I think that you know now they're almost to back to SmackDown ratings. I think they barely beat Raw this last week, and that's got to be a disappointment. And Ooh. I guarantee you, their numbers are going to be bad next week, or on Friday. FS1. Yeah, and the World Series is going on, and we have um, uh, ESPN as basketball. They're running Lakers Jazz that night. Jazz, a lot of people think, might win the Western Conference. I was about to say, the Jazz got it in the bag if there's anything from last night. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. LeBron, terrible offensive game, five turnovers. What, what were they up? 14? They were up 14-1, right? Uh, it was 13-2 uh, to two to start the game. <laughs> and then, uh, and you know, they, it was tied going into the fourth quarter, but LeBron had some bad turnovers, man. But, you know, that 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 Clippers bench, man, they scored over 60 points. I think. Yes, the, yeah. That, that was, bench and they don't even really have Paul cool. George. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when, you know, when you got the six man and the runner up to the six man coming off your bench, they're they're tough, man. That's a tough team, yeah. but that's not here to Damn it. Yeah, I mean, was there was that NBA preview on uh, Sportscast Radio? Uh, no, uh, I told them they should do it on Friday when they do a show. Yeah, but the season's already started. Mm-hmm. I I was I almost called in the. Uh, I almost called in the reliever and called up Hagberg, but I didn't do it. I was like, Hagberg, let's take this over. But uh Should we do uh for for the previews coming up, should should we just take over? Like old could. sports cancer radio? We could. Like, all right, uh st- step out of the way, Brockmeyer's coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Brockmeyer, uh, we get uh a man who I hope uh I will someday oh look a mini fraction of shape. As one uh, Frank Grillo, I, I'm sorry, Ken Shamrock. Yeah, looked, what the uh, hell? <laughs> he was swollen up. H-E-H. Why was he healthier now than he was when he was wrestling in the E 20 years ago? Yeah. Uh, taking on Moose, which if two MMA guys, I don't know if Moose is MMA, but he was kind of like that promo video, which was probably longer than the uh, Shoot Your Shot Battle Royal to start the event. Um, uh, and it dealt with a tweet. 
he, he was tweeting disrespect, so I'm going to fight him in a match. I'm like, what? Okay, how, 2019. How funny was it when he um, when he walked into the cage in that promo video? And when he walked in there, he punched that one like <laughs> MMA yeah. student in the face, and that dude just dropped like a sack of potatoes. I was like, holy oh, yeah. shit, dude. He just cold, cold. That guy's unconscious. <laughs> I'm like that dude. I don't think was supposed to get hit that hard, and he he is down. Because <laughs> it was um, it was straight thud, and he just laid there. I'd say definitely the best parts. Uh, uh, and it started early, so the ceiling uh, was high early, and unfortunately did not uh, go from Ken Shamrock doing his best Mark Calloway impression, aka uh, WrestleMania 25 spot, where he's diving over the rope. And then he kind of hits it like a Hanma from New Japan, where I was just like, what the hell? Uh, too many ankle locks uh, for, for this. Frank Trigg looks like a bulimic Kurt Angle. No idea who the hell this guy was. No pop or reaction when Ken Shamrock gave him his comeuppance. Um, and why did this match? I swear, I, I texted you. I was like, wow, that was 25 minutes long. I look it up, 10 minutes and 35 seconds. That should be Brock Lesnar numbers. And they Moose and Shamrock should have went three or four minutes. Because, good God, sloppy finish, sloppy match, way too long for 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I went a half a star on this match. Um, this, this is, this is uh, when people say they're putting something in the notebook for their, uh, their awards, um, at the end of the year, this one has officially entered the the worst of this. This was really bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally, my rating was dud, 0.5. Uh, Moose wow. wins with a horrific spear. Ken Shamrock did the biggest limp dick suicide dive. I don't know how he didn't kill himself. He, he somehow he cleared it. it. Yeah, he clears it. But then continues to <laughs> rotate and like like he's sleeping. It looked like yeah. somebody threw Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's over the top rope, and he was just like, "Nah." And if Moose didn't catch him, he took a side back bump uh, on that apron or on that that stairway and just died. And then he, and then Moose is just standing outside the ring, and Shamrock's trying to build the courage. To thirty seconds later, does a suicide dive, like a just a dope over the top rope, almost necks himself on that. Frank Trigg has the emotion of the Terminator. When he would come in and interfere in the match, he would just kind of walk in, and then Shamrock punches him, and he, like, doesn't even fall. He's just like, and he kind of goes aside, and then he just walks back in the ring, and the ref's like, what are you doing? Oh, this was this match was bad. This match was so bad. Yeah. Oh, my was, God. This was, was like, atrocious to like I said, it seemed like it would it was forever. The same amount of time as the the take your shot. And you already watched that shit twice, so I I, I don't know. But I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Is as much as as bad as that, that battle royal was, this was the first match where I officially went, you know what? I'm kinda glad we didn't go to this show because <laughs> I wouldn't have kept my mouth shut while we were watching that match. I would have been like, what the hell are we – like, I would have probably – like, they would have probably frowned. And and 
I, I mean, maybe you're more professional than I am, but I, I could have even seen you kind of laugh at there. It was, it was probably, it probably would have been like when I was in Vegas and I, and I was talked in to go to SmackDown because it was so cheap. And when I saw uh, them <laughs> draft, oh God, who was it? And they this was when like, they were on Fox, right? And yet yeah. their tickets were cheap. Think about that. Yeah, I paid forty five bucks for lower level seats. The entire wow. upper deck was taped off, was tarped off. There was not one person in the upper level. It was only lower level seats. Did Jen have a good time at least? She didn't go. I went by myself. Whoa! Um, and I sat next to I sat next to Aki Bono because I couldn't. I had no <laughs> arm room. I was like, God, there's all these open and there was open seats, so I almost moved. But like when they drafted like Nikki Cross, and they yeah. show the the or the USA people stand up and start clapping. No, it wasn't Nikki Cross, but it doesn't matter who it was. But like they showed the like the war room start cheering, and then they show the other war room on Fox pissed off. I started got up and left. I I was hysterically laughing, and people were looking at me, and I was like, "This is the most cornball shit I've ever seen in my entire life." Yeah. I, I I didn't make it to the end. I left as Charlotte was coming out. That was I didn't make it to the end. You um, left during the most crucial parts, and I hate that oh, you I, hate it. I I didn't get to watch Bailey with her with her. Uh, she looks like Karen from Next Door. Um, take a box cutter. I don't even know what that thing was. She had like it was like the thing that they killed Jaws with. Um, and she was stabbing at her, her wacky waiver things. And she didn't even, it took her like four swipes at the first one. I was like, come on. And like, so if you see Jen come home and her hair's like that, is is that when you know you're in trouble? <laughs> when she, she actually just got her hair cut like two months ago or a month ago. And it, she looked with it straight. Cause you know, like when you first get your hair cut, it takes a couple of days to kind of get normal. Um, yep. She looked just like AJ Styles. Like I was texting her pictures of AJ <laughs> oh, Styles. She she was, yeah, she was getting, she was getting little, like, shut up. And I was, I just kept sending her. I walked into the bedroom to go to bed, and I was playing. They don't want none. And I, I you should have that when you wake up next time when you guys are on the same work schedule. You guys wake up together, just like, like, put your hands in your eyes and like you're waking up. You're like, is that? Is that AJ? <laughs> is it <weird>. AJ? <laughs> it doesn't, and it doesn't as much right now anymore because it's kind of come back. But oh man, I was I was sending her pictures of AJ Styles and like gifts of him shaking his head. So oh, it was great. Uh, but man, yeah, no, that that uh, oofda. I am. I don't know. I WWE man. I tell you what. I I will say Monday Night Raw. I actually had a smile to my face um, at the end of the show. I can't lie, which I haven't had probably in five years. Um, it was, I respect how hard the, the street profits work and I'm glad they got the W and I thought that was good. But then like, God, Seth Rollins might be the most boring human being I have ever watched in front of a camera lens. <laughs> Thank God. I've been saying this for years. Yeah. You know, you yeah. He, I mean, and everyone's like, well, yeah, Tyler Black, Seth Rollins. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I rather watch, <laughs> you know, like Parkway wrestling, like, than this ish. Like, and then he's stealing Kenny Omega moves and then is able to, like, talk trash about Kenny Omega. It's like, and then no, he can't guy, even do the you're from Ring of Honor, which is a game. 
on the whole farm system, as we just realized, even though we probably have had this conversation at Toys R Us nine years ago, a farm system for the WWE. So it makes sense that they're going to build it on this Iowa guy, who's not even Mexican. His last name's Lopez, and he's not even Mexican. What's up with that, <laughs> Iowa jerk? It's God. It. If I have to watch him go, you better get out of my way, Humberto Carrillo. Or I'm gonna burn it down. I'm like, okay. Oh my god. Why did they debut Humberto Carrillo to just lose to Seth Rollins? There's people because that are like the plucky underdog heel. Because it's cocky. It's exactly why people on Twitter are idiots when they're like, "Well, Cedric Alexander isn't getting buried. He's eventually gonna win the title." Okay, who gives a what? crap? He's a, no, he was a janitor. Yeah, and then he doesn't. Then he just gets squashed like three times in a row. It's <coughs> Humberto Carrillo took Seth Rollins to the limit. Okay, cool. He made it through a commercial break. Great. <laughs> you like, mean okay. writers yeah. made him go to the right? The writers? I, I, oh my! God. <laughs> oh, was, the notes were on their hand. A la The Rock during a promo. Oh God! What spot was next? Oh man! And then. then Wow, he ate a nice super kick, though. Wow, that was nice. The match wasn't bad. Like I I will admit, the match wasn't bad at all. Um, this this actually might have been one of the best raws for wrestling. But like, damn, True Profits main evented, huh? Wow. And they they bring out Kevin Owens as their their friend to help. So they're doing Owens style. Does a hell of a frog splash. Are you excited for another AJ Styles Kevin Owens feud? Because <laughs> it's happening. Duh. No! Um, in our, <laughs> I, I thought McIntyre Ricochet was fun. I, I'm glad they they're making a big deal out of Andrade. So I mean, it was better, but it's still like, oh man, Seth Rollins is mad at Humberto Carrillo because he doesn't understand why he burnt down the Firefly Funhouse. Get the hell off my television set. Uh, <laughs> Did you see for this joke show that's on Halloween next week that it's last man standing, parentheses, the ref cannot stop or the match cannot be stopped no matter what this time. Not, you're, they're not doing The Fiend and Rollins again, are they? Yes, they are. Oh, my God. Even though the fiend is now on on SmackDown, SmackDown. And, and they burned down the house, but damn it, he's gonna bring the house to FS1 on Friday. And oh my gosh, <laughs> is he gonna try to like put his? I, I don't even. Want, I'm I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah, Brian Cage retained the championship <laughs> against Sammy Callahan. And I swear this match is at least 27 minutes. Nope, under 17 minutes, 16.50 to be exact. No DQ match. I thought they utilized the weapons very well. Um, I thought this was an, a pretty damn good match. I could see why they were pissed, meaning Callahan and Cage, because uh, apparently they had to cut some stuff for time, uh, which the show was only like two hours and 55 minutes. So what are they talking about? Um, yeah, it wasn't even long. And so I'm like, huh. TV. you're not even on the actual pay-per-view. I don't think, I think you were just on fight. Impact like you don't Pro? have a deadline. Yeah. I mean, it, 
what I liked is this felt like a no DQ match. This yeah, felt this like cool. Brian Cage wanted to tear Sammy Callahan's head off. I mean, and, and then, you know, Sammy Callahan's, uh, thank you, Um, just him giving the pile driver to, to Brian Cage and Cage getting up at one. Was, yeah, on the okay, pack. This match is over. And I like that because that just shows how powerful the Wolverine of Brian Cage really is. You hit the power bomb, the drill crawl on the tax for the win there. Hell, he had a beautiful F5. I mean, Brian Cage, I you know, seeing him a few times a warrior, you know, seeing some stuff on, on impact over the last, you know, couple of months here. Good stuff. Um, again, I, I Sammy Callahan probably could have benefited here, especially with this being a no, no DQ, you know, usually means a blow off match. So I don't know where this goes from here for both of these gentlemen. I don't know. Maybe Tessa gets involved. We have, of course, Ace Austin, you know, winning, uh, not Ace Austin. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Eddie Edwards getting the uh, shoot your shots mini trophy, by the way. I'm pretty sure yeah, Sid got a trophy just for enrolling in uh, preschool for next year, right? <laughs> that looked like the same trophy that me and Isaiah got when we won that beer pong tournament at, at Sato's right. parents' house in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God. They're like, like I, I'm picturing like... Kento Miyahara makes a successful title defense so they bring him a trophy and he wins the Battle Royal and he gets like uh, the equivalent of like a bowling pin. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and he's like outside celebrating with this thing that he's just like open hand fisting and covering half of it up like yeah, yeah. Like, bro I don't know what you're proud of I have and a then question let's, I know you, let's not forget oh yeah go ahead go ahead sorry I know you haven't taken too much or you haven't participated in too many hardcore matches but this match utilized that guardrail whether for power bombs or pile drivers or just you know Having the chair being hit, uh, you know, onto a wrestler by utilizing the guardrail as the opposite end, does that shit hurt on the guardrail? Or are those kind of made specifically? Do you think that was maybe like a job or or a uh, a, a working guardrail in a way, or were they just going ham on each other? The way that that thing bent made me think that that was a that was definitely not a that was not a shoot guardrail because any guardrail I've seen is thick like those things are bending that thing when they went through it like bent like a slide (laughs) (laughs) and it was so thin like when when it was bent you could see how thin the thing was i mean they're big dudes so that's why i was like okay i could see the leverage you know but i was just wondering about that i was like are there fixed guardrails like i've never heard of that being gimmicked before I mean, we uh, up until Money in the Bank of like 2014 or whatever when Sin Cara got, <laughs> yeah, when all of a sudden we're like, when everyone freaked out because the ladder broke by Sin Cara and it was like, hey, there, there's there's like wood chips, there's like wood shards right there. That's not real. <laughs> you guys just painted a ladder silver. Like I'm not <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Maybe that's oh, I should have figured out that this company was going to hell. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Actually, I saw that in 2011 live when I saw John Cena and CM Punk in Chicago, no less. It all God, comes Cindy around. Has been in that company for eight years. Probably or even three yeah. reincarnations of them, or however many it's been. 
Yeah, I even saw the trampoline he jumped into the ring with. It was pretty tight. Um, overall, great for Bound for <laughs> Glory. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of bummed. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't get the Rascals, Triple uh, A, CML, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Mexico man, Black Forest man. Yeah, Black Forest rocks. Who's newly announced for Warrior Wrestling? So who is this Black Taurus? Why does he look menacing? And is he Mantar's kin? Oh God, he if he's Mantar's kid, then he killed his father because he is way too tight. (laughs) (laughs) Black Taurus, I mean, ever dude, there was a there was a spot Black um. Black Taurus and El Hijo del Vaquino, they were in the, in the at the end of the uh, the Battle Royal, the Copa Battle Royal, at that uh, that last Triple A show that was on Saturday, yep. and they had some kind of a spot. I'll try to find the GIF and retweet it, where, God, it, it was some sort of like either a, it was like a Canadian destroyer out of a flipping suplex or something, and they did it on the ring apron. Oh, jeez. Really? It was disgusting. Yeah, Black Taurus is he's he's like a he's like ECW Rhino. Like he's just this oh. little just, he's so dope. And I was so looking forward to him in this match. And then I'm like, oh. Like I had it written down. So when I when I wrote the matches out after Moose and Shamrock, I wrote down the six man because I was like, well, Cage and Callahan will be the eighth match then, and the six man will be the kill match. And then they go right to the main event. I'm like. Well, that sucks ass. I didn't get to see the one main match I really cared about. <laughs> so oh. You know, especially especially since the you know rascals get the pin on Aerostar. Well, because uh, he probably just fell onto his head again. Um, <laughs> True or false? Black Taurus was once known as the Machine Rocker. Oh, I feel like that's true because I don't think you would have made that up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn it, I don't have another name. But yeah, Machine <laughs> Rocker. Very interesting. Are you looking also at known him? as Simmental, Black Toro, Black Taurus, and Taurus. So How cool does he look? Yeah, I mean, when I saw the uh, the 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 post by Warrior Wrestling, I was like, well, "Who is this guy? Is this a joke?" And then you just talk all highly. I was like, and they they said he had a really good match with WG this year. Um, so I was like, "Huh, interesting." So, yeah, I believe he was in Bowler. Black Tour stuff. Bowler. <laughs> so overall, great on Impact, Bound for Gloria, an event Whoa. we could have went to. Uh oh. Are you talking uh, about our Venus to bonuses stat line, his kid's stat line? Twenty-seven I'm just and looking at random pictures of Black Taurus, and I have no idea what event this is from. But there's a picture of Black Taurus and Keith Lee in the ring together. Oh, that'd be tight. And it's on YouTube. I'm opening it up right now. Holy shit! Is this a real thing I can watch? But seriously, is that our Venus to bonuses son on the Pistons? Oh, do, on the Pacers. Or Pacer, sorry. Yeah, Demodus Demodus, yeah. Wow, that's a pretty damn good stat line for opening night 27 and 13. Holy shit, there's a two and a half minute highlight video of Black Taurus versus Keith Lee on YouTube that I'm watching right now. And uh, they are, uh, this is two big boys going at it. (laughs) Oh my God, Keith Lee just stood up and did his pose. 
So Black Taurus just jumping John Woodham standing where he was from and then hit him with the reverse uh uh reverse whatchamacallit, the move uh, uh that that Tanahashi does that everybody stole in WWE, Rollins and Balor. Well, I can't think of what it's called. I know, I know what you mean, but I wow, this guy Sling does blade. Awesome. Sling blade, that's what it is. He did like a Thanks reverse with the Rollins. <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't if you're not careful. Blade. He's going to burn it down. Whoa, Black... Are you sure Taurus isn't Jeff Cobb in a Mantar <laughs> outfit? <laughs> oh, my God. Are you, did you, did you find this... Did you find this Keith Lee thing I'm talking about? In a Martinez Entertainment. Yeah. yeah. These guys are beating the shit out of each other. Oh, I need to find this full match. Oh, yeah, guys, geez. if you haven't seen Black Taurus... This dude is one of those guys that is kind of the a couple years from now he's going to be the indie darling as a lot of people are talking about. I think next year uh, Mania weekend in Tampa, I think he's going to be that dude who's booked on a lot of shows. Holy shit! Not Shamrock, huh? Wait till you see this middle rope suicide twisting con hilo thing that he hit. I've never seen that before. Wow, I fun fact, fun stat. I did not know this. Justin Verlander essentially is the AL uh who's your guy that, that chokes in the postseason? Well that oh, guy on the Dodgers. Yeah, there you go. He's the Kershaw. I didn't know he was 0-5 in six career World Series starts. <laughs> He's always known as the playoff pitcher. You know, yeah. they're like this guy's heralded. I didn't know he was 0-5. That's nuts. Yeah, it's what it's- that's why you can't you can't fully fully grade about all that. You gotta, I think, I think we're gonna do a sports cast after after this because <laughs> I just want to talk on how the Nationals are going to the Washington Nationals are gonna win the World Series after hor- having a horrible first half, looking out you know, what they thought was their future, and and then Strasburg coming back first, you know, kind of big, you know, uh, big rookie from, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatnot, their, their next big guy plagued by injuries, having that big, you know, playoff win in the NLCS there uh, when it counted, you know, and you're just like, holy crap. Like, you got to feel, I don't know, I feel kind of good. A, they beat the, the Cardinals, so that's awesome. Yeah, that made me happy. But Houston, man. My God, that that also has a crazy squad watching the game last night and just watching the highlights, but this is going to be good. This is going to be hey, a good if, series. If, if you go back to the, the baseball preview that we did with Sports Talk wins again. April, 12-3, too. They had that huge – it was a 3-2 game in the seventh. And then all of a sudden, two outs at full count or bases loaded and then just boom, just wow. like that. Um, uh, Springer, I think it was No, it was Bregman, the shortstop um, Right before I got out, I watched him miss a ground ball That would have ended the inning Makes it 4-2, to two, and then they score Four more runs after that Like That could have ended the inning At 3-2, and they would have tied it So, that that blew the game For him but, uh, If you go back and you listen to the Sportscast Radio MLB preview When uh, my, it was myself, Jordan Tommy Wieda, and Nick Hagberg I said, guys, you're going to laugh at me about this, but I'm going to pick the Washington Nationals to win the division. And they're also going to be better without Bryce Harper because Bryce Harper will have a bad year uh, in his standards because I feel like he's just, uh, 
not gonna not gonna rebound while moving. And everyone said the Nationals are trash. And I said, if the Dodgers don't win, don't go to the World Series, I'll be willing to say that I think the Nationals are going to go to the World Series, just despite losing Bryce Harper. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. You guys can all call and laugh at me again. Um, I don't know if it was out of spite. I just think it was fantastic momentum. I think spite was, you know, them not making the playoffs, meaning the Phillies. I yeah. think that was you know, kind of a big thing. Well, and let's not forget – the team that eliminated the Phillies from playoff contention in yep. September was, was the Nationals on yep. a Bryce Harper yeah. two-out so ground ball. So that was ball. their season already. Oh. They already felt like champions oh. even before the playoffs started. So, I mean, it's great. And you've been a Nationals guy probably since Harper and Strasburg, you know, ever since they moved to Washington. You know, I've known you for 10 years, and it seems like you've always been a closet Nationals guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kudos, kudos. Yeah, it's always been a team. I mean, obviously, you know, the hometown twins and everything, but, you know, Dodgers, Cubs are always teams that I like. And, you know, just because of growing up with my past with, you know, the Cubs with the, with, with the grandma and the Dodgers because I really liked their, their young guys in the early 90s with Hollinsworth and Noble and Piazza and all them. But Washington, I always just thought was – I always felt bad for the Expos because the year of the strike, ah. they, they, you could the year that the strike happened, they had the best team in the league. And then the strike happened, and we never got to see if they could have made the World Series. <laughs> so they moved to Washington. Yeah. It was just kind of like, hey, you know, this this would be a feel good story if they could ever come back from this. And I always thought the jerseys were cool, and you know, do you get Vladimir now, Guerrero an honorary uh, ring? <laughs> you can call Why Pedro not? and give him one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if you give one to Vlad, does Wilton Guerrero get one too? He's like the one Even Vlad's son Who I'm hoping does great things Um, Yeah it's just I love I love playoff baseball It's crazy Yankees not making a playoff for the first time In like or world series in like Decades that's crazy Yeah they haven't And that's the one thing too like I don't Where I don't kill Kershaw like some people do Is playoff baseball is so unpredictable Oh it's It's, it's It's game of love It's like hockey Mm-hmm. You know, the right person's hot and the right thing, you can't you can't just blame one person. It's not like the yeah. NBA where you can pinpoint one guy because there's only five people out there, so why is Kyrie Irving taking a shot over rules and then makes another one? Um he, he, he my, shot fifty. Did he? Yeah, that's yeah, all I'm saying in this highlight. He's doing some peewee Cricklin rolling on the ground stuff, really, to try to get the win. I get you're in Brooklyn. I guess he sort of tripped or over Yeah, I think he slipped when a Colgie got on. That's ridiculous. That looked way too staged for Brooklyn. Uh, T-Wolves, 1-0. That's why I texted the group, and I was like, dude, it, it looked like when Jerome Bettis had the game one for the Steelers, and he spins off the pile, and the guy on the Colts poked it out, and the ball goes flying down the field, and they return a 99-yard fumble. It was like it – was, it was a Peyton Manning – Roethlisberger game I think it was like 15 years ago or whatever it was so funny and then I think the bus retired after that he was like well I'm done (laughs) um damn so I I want I want to ask you if if you know you mentioned the Seth Rollins we just got a few minutes here left so I know you mentioned the Seth Rollins thing how you're like finally um I want to ask you this one is it okay that I think I'm done with Mauro Ranallo 
Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to hear your um yes, why why is that? Is he too over the top? Are there too many mama mias? What's uh what's going on or or do you think Beth Phoenix is who I think is great on the announcing team, by the way, for NXT. Um, do you think she's kind of overtaking that spot or, or what's your beat tomorrow? I well, I, speaking of Beth Phoenix, uh I, I can't remember the exact quote, but this is part of the reason I can't stand this, this F-wording company is because they, in a natural conversation, she says to Mauro Ronaldo, Io Shirai is, is a modern-day mercenary who's hell-bent on her own egotistical destruction or something like that. That's people right. don't talk that's that what people say about me. I talk about that. <laughs> it's just like, God, I would be if someone said that about me. <laughs> so David Priest kicks Pete Dunn in the nuts. And not only does he say this when that happens, but then he repeats himself a second time when the replay happens. I quote, uh, the archer of infamy just found his ball's eye. <laughs> All right, that's good. Uh, tomorrow, though, come on. Balls, he said ball's eye, Alex. Dude. And he screamed it. Like he, he found his ball's eye. And then they show the replay, and he says verbatim the same thing again. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with the first time or even yelling. Maybe yelling it out if it was a really hard note sound. Yeah, twice. Hey, the ball side, though, I give it 10 out of 10. All applause. I, I love puns and play on words like that. I'm all for it. So I don't know what your, your problem is. With <laughs> I don't know. I just can't. I'm like, he snakes at AEW shows and PWG, so he, he's, he's cool. I do like that stuff. I think it's fun. Did you catch the one where he, where, um, he's like, well, the New Japan like, show? He goes, Walter is like MF Doom. It's all caps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope one day I'm as cool as tomorrow or now. I I was like, dude, this dude just said balls eye twice in 2019 on national television. I'm going to say it probably in my sleep. (laughs) I I will say it. I heard heard some people bring this up. And I, after hearing it, I've now noticed it. Have you noticed in like the last six months in any company, AEW, um, WWE, you know, NXT, however you want to look at it, that there is an abundance of growling with the way that they announce these wrestlers nowadays. It's just so <laughs> like yeah. Justin Roberts. I'm like, bro, yeah. <laughs> like I heard somebody mention that. And then now that I'm listening for it. I just laughed. Yeah, but Justin like, Roberts oh always kind of did that. I forgot what show it was, but I heard him say someone's name, and it was emphasized for like 20 seconds, and I was like, all right, man. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Justin Roberts. I forgot. It's like it's everybody wants to be Michael Buffer 30 years ago. But again, I mean, he's been doing that for over 10 years, you know, ever since he was in the WWE. I mean, same thing with the SmackDown guy before they uh Put him out the pressure. Um, but yeah, I, I get the buffer, you know, I, I get that aspect, but you know, hey, at least it adds more to the wrestler instead of watching it now. And they're like, Seth Rollins. So I mean, it adds a little bit more to it. Burn it yeah. down. 
damn, this black tourist guy is awesome. He looks like <laughs> if I was a wrestler for like a day and I just put on this and I was just like, all right, I'm going to go out there. If it was like, if it was like Kyle versus Kyle, like that's what this would be. And then, like, for some reason, we put on a hell of a match. And then that's it. But, yeah, that this match is me versus Kyle. Book it I've never wanted I'll to see you in a will more in my life. Kyle Lee versus Black Mellow. Let's do it. <laughs> Wait, why isn't Kyle Lee the Butcher? Tell him he needs to come to your party tomorrow at that Bull of the Butcher. <laughs> Diaper and all. <laughs> He's got the genie pants with the hook boots, and he's, oh, he's bleeding all over with, with dimes in his forehead or quarters in his forehead cuts. Oh my! And then gosh. allegedly, ask him allegedly why he uh, killed Bruiser Brody. R.I.P. <laughs> and then Elijah will come busting out of the closet as Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Body shoot. Oh my God! So what are you getting? Uh, impacts bound for glory. Are you happy we didn't go? Are you miffed we didn't go? Or eh? Oh, okay. I'm mad we didn't go because I think the opportunity to get sound bites and get interviews, yeah. kind of like we did at Warrior Wrestling, and it, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, just I think just that aspect because because that was the best part about doing Warrior Wrestling and and uh, All In is we got content, we got to network a little bit. You know, we got. Yeah things here and there. So I think missing that opportunity um, is more disappointing than missing the show. Um, and who knows? I mean, with, with, I don't know what they did with with like the, the media stuff. And maybe it was, maybe it was just as big of a joke as half of the all in stuff was where we would have been like, I thought we were doing this and I thought it was that. So, you know, you yeah. don't know. Um, so I do think it sucks that we did miss that opportunity, but like, I don't think there's any wrestling that I, I care that I didn't see live that I didn't just watch on the pay-per-view. Gotcha. That, that, that's fair. Totally. That's a fair if, statement. If I didn't see Mara Fuji at Cork and Hall, I might've been a little more upset that I never, you know, that I missed Mara Fuji, but like mm-hmm. I got to see Mara Fuji already once, you know, I already saw yeah. him at Cork. And, so like that didn't matter. And, you know, I mean, the main event was cool, but, you know, I went three and a half on it. I, I, the drill call on the tax is dope, you know, but yep. I've seen, I've seen matches like, you know, I, I went and saw a death. I saw Masashi Takeda twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I've seen things like that. Um, and my God, if I would have seen Moose and Shamrock live, I probably, like I said, I probably would have made an ass of it. Cause I would have been like, dear God, end this. <laughs> like, I, I would have been very critical of that. Oof. You know, yeah, I probably would have been like that during the Tennille Dashwood match. But then Bubba Ray would have came out and told me to go to the back. Yeah, I don't pick on women, man, you jerk. Especially if he's Bubba's Bubba's banging one. Um, I I, 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 in, and I will say I think I think the biggest disappointment that I for me was I was totally excited to start working on our end of the year awards list that'll be coming up in two months here. Yep. Um, it would have been cool to start that up, and um, I, I'm always up for a fun game of uh, of uh, 
you, you know, the wrestler name game where we had to, like we did on the last trip. That was pretty damn fun trying to come yeah. Because with all these new companies we started watching over the last year, we would have had so many names to go off of. So I think the camaraderie of going to the event and, and you know, the car ride and, you know, hanging out downtown by the venue as we went out after the, the event to the bars or anything like that. I think that's more what I missed that we didn't get to do as opposed to missing the show. Yeah. The show was not the show. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to the ride there. But hey, you got a month and a half where we were wrestling. <clears throat> yeah, I I think we gotta we gotta plan ahead for that because we gotta yeah, maybe, maybe I can scream Ronan baby again at, at Rich Swan and watch him go, yeah. What if it's like, Black Taurus versus Minoru Suzuki? Holy shit. What if it's Kurt Angle versus Minoru Suzuki in a, in an I Quit match? What if it's Black Taurus versus Minoru Suzuki? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's Kurt Angle from like 2010, 2011? Okay. So I'm going to go back He's that guy, and then it's like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna wrestle, beat the crap okay, out of each I'm, other. Then I'm all into it. Then I'm all up for it. Perfect, perfect. Awesome. Um, you know what else uh, I was all in for? El Des- Desperado making his comeback at New Japan King of Pro Wrestling from many weeks ago. Ten days ago. I I'm gonna. I'm going to say that there was, there was stuff that I really liked on the show, but this, this, I think if I was a new new Japan fan, I would have liked this so much more. Yes. Because like you knew who was going to win the, the Okada match. So I think you knew who was going to win the, you know, minus the IWP US title. I'm pretty sure you knew who was going to win the last, like four matches, to be honest with you. I wasn't a hundred percent positive. match for me was a huge toss up, and oh my god, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on that. But from the IWGP Junior all the way down, I was just like, oh, you know who's gonna win? Well, I I thought there was a chance that Phantasmo could have won. I thought he had a shot to win. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, he um, already had the W's, so yeah. He mm-hmm. was you know, I mean, we, we could kind of go to the beginning. Suzuki Gun defeats Rapungi 3K, which surprised me because I thought Rapungi 3K would win. Maybe this means this is going to be a prelude to the finals where Rapungi 3K gets their win back. Um, yeah. But it was nice seeing Desperado back from having that broken jaw that he got against Chun Kasai. So, <laughs> I mean, this was – look, I – the opening three matches, essentially everything that was a tag on the show, I don't think really needs a lot of talk. No. Um, Tanashi and Hulk, I guess, beat Makabe and Yano, whatever. Um, Doki's still around. <laughs> speaking, that was cool. Speaking of Doki, so um, uh, uh, another podcast that I listened to, Wrestling Omakase, they did a – uh, a draft, which is why I was like, God, I missed when we did our draft. I want to do a draft again, uh, which is why I texted about we should do a draft at some time again. And um, one of the people on there drafted Seth Rollins with their last pick. Um, and then in the opening match, had Seth Rollins job to Doki. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Burn it down! 
That right. was fantastic. I was like, Dave, they're going to get my vote if they have voting for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Liger Suzuki. Let me pull up Grapple. I no, I no, 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 no. Hey, that's the last match we talk about. Okay, that's the last match. Uh, that's the last Osprey. match we talk about. Osprey Fantasmo, man. I thought this was the best match of the whole show. This mm-hmm. rocked. This was some of the stuff that these two guys did. I thought they were going to kill each other. I was like, Whoa. oh my God. <laughs> like, I mean, they literally take the Takashita Chris Brooks spot, you know, kind of on the ramp, you know, in, in the, the arena there, um, just by kind of walking on the edges. But then, oh yeah, Osprey slips off of the edge. Fantastic. Oh God, Breaks yeah. the eye. Throws him down. Osprey holds on onto the guardrail, onto the side of there, and then he kicks his fingers as Osprey falls down from the top all the way below. Lands on his feet, and then Phantasmo dives off of there and lands perfectly on Will Osprey. Oh my gosh! It was, and they they did that one spot where they were both standing on the top rope, and. Phantasmo goes for a Huracan Rana and he just falls forward with him into a power bomb. Uh, yep. I'm like, somebody is going to die. But it, it, man, this was like I, I'm looking at Grapple. Their chemistry is is nuts. I, I you know, we we've seen a lot of wrestlers, a lot of tag teams face each other multiple times this year where it's like, all right, just move on already. I could watch these guys tag matches against each other or just even against each other because Phantasmo can pull out any aspect of heel tactics from any era and make it work he's making eye eye gouges and back rakes a thing Ryan he's having (laughs) bone soldier perform back rakes now it's nuts but I agree this is probably my favorite the the best wrestling match probably not my favorite match but it's right up there. Osprey Phantasmo. Could this be a low key potential feud of the year with, with just with the last couple of months? It could. I mean, this is the more, I think this is the most intriguing feud in the company. Um, this is, this is probably my like go to, I mm-hmm. mean, I was probably at four and a half and then Phantasmo does a styles clash and a V trigger. And then yeah. the one angel mimicking the old bullet club leaders. Osprey gets out, Hits that one wing angel, or I mean that Spanish fly, and then like and then you know that's when Phantasmo goes for that Frankensteiner that he counters into a sit down power bomb, and I don't think I've seen a more disgusting hidden blade than oh, he hit him with. Low key, <laughs> that might be the move of the year. The way since he's incorporated it into his spots, which by the way, Phantasmo ducking. That hidden blade before this, before the final one, where he didn't even see him. His head was yeah. in the back of Osprey, and he somehow they timed it so perfectly, just ducks the shit out of the way. And I was like, "Wow, okay, <laughs> where are they gonna go now?" Uh, and then they had ten more minutes. Um, but yeah, that that since he got more comfortable with it, same thing with the Judas effect by Chris Jericho. Since it's mm-hmm. looked more natural, it's more acceptable to me. Before, it seems sloppy, but this one, like you said, 
he meant this shit. As I put, then Osprey totally effing nailed with the hidden blade <laughs> to show he really is finishing him. Stormbreaker connects for the win. Because, yeah, that was a ho, give me my money type of backslap right there. Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal shit. Those hook kicks, those cats oh. were, were nuts. I was like, his head is going to fall off his shoulders. This is and low-key for me, mark it. Am I 10 finalists so far for Feud of the Year? LP, Will Ospreay. Yeah, this was this was special. This was something. This was like, I was like, man, if they would have turned this up and hit this, like we're going the way they were going a little bit quicker, this could have started sniffing match of the year, like in that, that list. But mm-hmm. these two guys, hell of a good match. Oh, and it just makes Ospreay's wrestler of year candidacy so much more because yeah I mean I know a little El Phantasma I know you I know you guys were a little more excited when he was announced a few months back um but Will Ospreay in his matches this year he's making his opponents that's the thing he's elevating them but these guys their chemistry is just there and again I could just watch these guys like an Usos day 2017 type of match right here all day long awesome awesome match yeah this this right there it continues the war and the battle that i have with who's my wrestler of the year between him and kento miyahara and i mean in four hours you know we get to see what what goes down and and, uh in cork in here so you know kento gets his rebuttal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a few hours, but this is this is tremendous. Hold my um, Sapporo. Don't really have anything to say about the next match. You want to? Do you have anything you what want to talk mean? about? What do you mean? gets a victory because he's tagging with uh, Ishii and Goto. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get the pin. Yoshihashi sucks. Shout out to uh, Ishii and and Peter, uh, one of Yujiro Takahashi's uh, ladies. Um, I'm sorry, but I watched that at the gym many times as I was lifting and just various other circuitry, and I couldn't stop laughing. I would watch it over and over until a guy was like, what are you watching? What's so funny? I was like, I can't show you due to the nature, but trust me. I was like, the context would not make sense to you, but this is the funniest thing I've seen in a long, long time. Because Ishii was all about that. Yujiro <laughs> Takahashi says he he's officially making it known that he's tagging with Peter in World Tag League. <laughs> That's awesome. She'd um, win. <laughs> Next match, they go with right decision. Um, Lance Archer defeats Juice Robinson, your new U.S. champion. I think it was the the right move. Oh, we see gotcha. the returning David Finley. Don't care. Um, <laughs> you know who's he, in better shape right now, David Finley or Ryan Cook? Go. Um, Ryan Cook. Ooh. The, I mean, the crowd didn't even care when he came out. It was just silent. Um, you know, we we, we John Moxley doesn't make it. Fun, funny thing too, where uh, somebody was like AEW. AEW. And uh, Mox or Dave Meltzer's like AEW had nothing to do with this. There was a there was a typhoon. You can't you can't predict the weather. And then Kenny yeah. Omega tweets at Meltzer, "The typhoon's on our payroll, or the weather's on our payroll." 
Like, that's the thing, though. Did he really make the trip? Because how is he going to do that, then go back? Because he was at AEW on a Wednesday. I mean, not saying, again, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. Obviously, there was a typhoon. Zack Sabre Jr., you know, was in the same boat. He did not make the card as well. So they had to shuffle a few matches here and there. You know, Yoshihashi, unfortunately, getting a win on this card. But, I mean, yeah, I just think it's ludicrous. And My God, that travel schedule Moxley had to have been doing, though. Within the last couple of weeks, man, that's like WWE times two in just like a span of four days. My my guess is he had one of those. He probably was getting one of those first class type seats, like the the played me and uh, Isaiah run, where they mm-hmm. had like beds inside of the seats that you could like sleep on. Oh, nice. Yeah, so probably that probably helped to make it easier on it. But and this was good. It was a good plunder match. Um, crowd liked it. I think. I think. Archer's the right guy. I like yeah. that you're going with him. And here's something too. Somebody said that that's a good thing is um, now that Moxley dropped the title and he doesn't have this match with juice. Now you could do something else with them at wrestle kingdom. If you dream want. match. Yep. Now he's not tied into something. So I think that's kind of cool. So I, I like that, that now maybe we'll see something different from Mox. I don't know. Triple what, threat but... thunder with Archer uh, Moxley and Robinson then. I would just maybe they could do they could they could give us another uh, Ishi Moxley match. Ooh, I'm oh shit, I'm down for that. <laughs> uh, but like you said, Lance Archer, you know, for the vacated U.S. title, um, was the right call. I love how I mean, it, it was like a hey, thanks for kicking ass in the G1. You know, here's a great reward. You've been with us for so long. You know, you were pimping out the Dallas. Show you know, like no other, you know, trying to get butts in the seats there, you know, here you go. And I think, it, 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 Hey, it was well-deserved. I love how they kept the DQ aspect, you know, where we're originally for Robinson. Hey, and want no DQ. They're going to get one. He throws them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just murders juice Robinson. And, and I thought it was, it was great to see here. I'm just happy all around. I, I was watching yeah. this uh, on the treadmill with a big smile on my face. Like, Okay, I'm all for this. Like you said, David Finley. Yeah. Stunner. <laughs> God, David Finley versus Yoshihashi. Book it. That'll be a, that'd be an ROH semi main event. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got New Japan guys, everyone. Look, Yoshihashi. <laughs> yeah, it's like that that Chicago show where they're like Kenny Omega is going to be defending the U.S. title. We'll name his opponent later, and then they sell all the tickets, and they go, oh, by the way, he's facing Yoshihashi, and everyone's like, oh, son of a bitch. Did you, was, were you at that one? No. No. He was oh, a part of that five-man, five-on-five. Yeah, with LIJ, that's right. Um, uh, so, two main event matches, I guess, for me, it was, it was obvious. We kind of knew what was going to happen. Kota Bushi defeats Evil. Kazuchika Okada defeats Sonata. I mean... Sonata, Okada shouldn't touch again until 2021. No. I will say the best part about that match was when Sonata looked defeated, that he, he had him beat, he finally was mm-hmm. going to win, and he loses again. And he was, like, weeping, it looked like, in the corner. That's the first emotion Sonata's ever brought out. And I like when Okada came out and like shook his hand and was like, he's like, next time we face, 
let's let's make sure it's in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. And like the crowd was like, yeah, and you know, it was it felt like this was the kind of the Kota Ibushi crowding where because apparently Sonata doesn't have a contract. I guess not really. Like, it's not a well-known thing, but he's not under contract. This makes me feel like they're saying Sonata, if you if you sign a contract, we're gonna use you. And this is oh, you know this was kind of about it. Although I could see something where if if NXT Japan does kick off, I could see Sonata as the guy who would jump who who would they'd gun for that might go. And I think you would I think you would translate perfectly for that NXT audience, J- mm. J- Japan or not. Um, they should never fight for a while, not for a championship, since we know a. Sonata can't win because you know why? He's one and seven against Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> one and seven. I'm sorry, but that does not feel like a rivalry when it's that lopsided. It doesn't even feel like a good feud. Yeah, the G1, you know, win for Sonata. Awesome. You're one and six. Again, they've had grid matches over the years, but when you know the result is going to happen the way it is. Even the G1, you're like, well, they have to give it to Sonata. It doesn't mean jack shit here. And then mm-hmm. it's like, all right, we did it. Yeah. And then, you know, what did I say after that? You know, on the show, it's like, okay. And then they're going to give him another championship match that he's going to lose it. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is the point? You're building him. You're building evil. Evil's a guy, you know, who I've always liked over the last couple of years out of that duo. Yes, Sonata's grown on me over the last six, seven months. But I would say for me, Evil's that guy. I thought him and Ibushi put on a better match than Okada and Sonata just because it still had that, oh my gosh, Evil could take this. Evil swinging fences and that chair just swung off of Ibushi's head. What the hell's going to happen? A fantastic closing stretch those guys had. And it just seems like it's the whole Bray Wyatt effect. It's the fall. We're going to give these guys a push, a little run. You know, is evil with LIJ or not going into the G1? What's going on? And it just, they do nothing. They just kill that momentum by putting them against people you know who are going to win. You know what the setup is going to be at two months. And then you're just back to the same old stuff. LIJ in the World Tag League and then probably going against the Briscoes at the Dome. Whoever holds the titles. But for me, it just was just too too old a hat for these two matches and it was just so, so unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it almost feels a lot like Sonata is playing the role of Okada when he lost to Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 9. Because he cried? Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know what I have to do. I just can't beat this guy. And then he came back next year and beat him and finally initiated the reign. So then he goes 2-8 and eight all the time? Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. At least Ryan Austin, all the way from their <laughs> IC views, at least that was a little more closer with the wins and, uh, wins and losses. There's my uh, there's my evil for everybody. 
But let's get to the true main event, the match that should have been at the freaking dome, January 4th and or 5th, instead we're getting a 10-old-man tag liger, but this is his true send-off match. Ryan, I'm going to give you the floor. I cried. I've watched this match four times, Ryan. I cry every damn time. I don't know what a battle liger it is, but I'm all for it. I popped on the treadmill. I popped on the couch. I popped so many other times when I see him come out as battle liger. Minoru Suzuki are the man. If you go to Noah, I will follow. If you go anywhere, I will follow. You are the man, Liger. Thank you for 30-plus years. But, damn, I cried. What a match. But what what happened after, Ryan, that was just something where that's what wrestling's about. That's what these two legends, Japan or not, just in the landscape of wrestling, sorry, Liger, the landscape of MMA uh, that these two guys have, <laughs> Liger, over in Japan, is just nothing but short of astonishing. But for them to have this match, and I'm happy they were given this time, this amount of time here, um, I guess I'm not mad that it's not at the Dome, but this was just a perfect send-off for both of these guys within this company, if it truly is that. Ryan, the floor is yours. Um, I I definitely had a little feels when Suzuki bowed to Liger. Um I thought that was just just was a nice little little spot. Um, fun match, well worked match. Um, you know, the way things were going was good. Alex, I just had a problem with this match, man, and it wasn't the work whatsoever. I thought the work was great, but. You know, they cut a Suzuki cuts a promo that you're just a coward hiding behind a mask. Um, you know, next time I see you, I'm gonna kill you. Jushin Liger apologizes to the crowd because of what he's gonna do to Minoru Suzuki, and he was mm-hmm. he tried to murder him with a railroad spike, and then they just grappled for ten minutes. And I'm like, if this is a blood feud where they're screaming that they want to murder each other in front of fans and Liger's apologizing. Why were they just trading holds for half the match? Like, because the weaponry is in their grappling, duh. Like, and, and that's what I'm gonna say. If, if and I this, get that, and and and, and I, that's why they should have done this four months ago when it was really heated. I think as as that much time has passed into this, I think this is the match you want to see. I forgot, you know, uh, you know, kiss Liger and you know all that other stuff. I get the hatred is there, but I think that's why I was like, oh, this is a wrestling match. This is just well, they like, even did it on the, the Road Two shows. The Road Two yeah. shows is when Liger pulled. I mean, I what I want to know is why did Liger not come out with the railroad spike and try to kill him? to start this match. Why, why were they not brawling through the crowd? Like, I don't want to see that, but I wanted it now. You know, why were they not like, let let me say that if, if they, if they weren't ripping masks off and the road to lead up show when Liger Mm -hmm. got DQ'd and did the mist and brought in Keishin Liger, 
if they would have just had a, you know, this is a match because I, I want to prove myself before I'm done, I would have went four and a half because the work was perfect. The match was laid out great. Mm-hmm. I love the, the fight from behind of Liger where he just couldn't get the job done. And he tried and tried, and finally Suzuki put him out of his misery with the gotch. Um, yep. You know, I love that Liger tried to wrestle with him, and he was overpowered by Suzuki. Like, the story they told was just fantastic. But you can't go into a match with this magnitude that's driven off of a blood feud and then spend half the time rolling around on the canvas. Do you think because there was already a no, a, a no DQ match just, you know, 40 minutes, you know, down the card there. Do you think maybe that's why they kind of changed their perception? I mean, obviously then why wouldn't they, you know, that was already proclaimed a no DQ with a Moxley and juice. So without that, do you think then they would have done that? Have they had a multiple DQ matches before? I think they just went in the ring and were like, Hey, let's just have a really good match, which they did. And I think just somehow in the midst of the shuffle of booking things and doing everything, I think they just kind of lost sight of what the whole point of the feud was supposed to be. Now, to be fair, they did have I mean, really the good feud is decades. I mean, I think this is going to turn into a Becky Lynch, Charlotte hug after I wanted to kill you type of thing. Because mm-hmm. I think with that, yeah, they were saying, I'm going to murder you. We saw Kiss Liger. You know, we, Suki's one of the most maniacal people, you know, in, in the world with the greatest collection of watches, fedoras, and socks. Um, <laughs> one day I hope to aspire to be. But with, with that, I was totally, totally okay with this just due to the fact that it's just like, I think this match was the lead up to the bow. Because I think, you know, when it's all said and done, these are just two samurai just looking to hang up their swords pretty pretty soon, as Liger will be doing within a couple of months. And I think they just wanted to go out there and be like, hey, we're not going to do this in January. I think a no DQ in January would have been phenomenal. Maybe they will since, you know, Liger's only fighting on the first night. I don't know what's happening on the second, but apparently he will be fighting that. So maybe if Suzuki's with the company, then you revisit it. I know you'll hate that idea. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Maybe you team them up against someone. But for me, I, you know, I, I, I see no qualm with it. I think it's fine. I think the respect of these warriors that they have, that proves more than, oh, I'm going to hit you with a chair. Because you know what? We saw weaponry in this because New Japan doesn't care. As long as on the on the outside, and we got bits and pieces of that. And and like I like I I'm looking at my grapple rating. I went four and a quarter. Like I rated it a good match. Like, I really liked it. I so love watching. Three. I I love watching. Uh, what's that? No, yeah, four and a quarter. Yeah, Ryan Cook gave four point two five rating. Um, <laughs> I. I loved why I loved the he goes to Showtime in the corner and and Suzuki no sells it and just smiles at him like yep. the match was great I just I couldn't get past the whole point of this was built on a blood feud with with Minoru Suzuki calling him a coward and he wants to kill him and rip his face off and stop him from hiding behind a mask because he's a he's a coward who can't show his face to people because he's ashamed and all this stuff. And then Liger going, I'm apologizing to my fans, but when I see him at, at, at King of Pro Wrestling, 
I'm going to kill him and he's not going to be able to leave the ring on his own two feet. Like when you hear people talk that way and then the promo videos that you can't mm-hmm. go in there and just have a grapple match. Like, I, I understand what you're saying with, like, and, and I'm, I'm not, like, I don't know. I think I just, I was expecting this to be this, you know, it's it's just like Gargano and Ciampa, which, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I loved the matches, but I wasn't as behind, you know, the feud as much as other people were. But, like, if they would have had a 20-minute chain wrestling match in their, in their blow-off, people would have been livid. <laughs> You don't, you know what I mean? Like, man, they're, they're not into that. They're gonna go. They're gonna go to Big Japan if they're gonna, you know, see. But they don't a even fifty-one-year-old man with a cheese grater. Like you could have had, you could have had Suzuki like strangling him. You don't even need to use weapons. You could have. Why was he not trying to rip the mask off? Like why he did like, in the beginning? And then he walked. He was about to beat up the ref. And then he was like, was hey, cool. I'm and he's ripping, you know, he was ripping up. And then, you know, Liger Ligered up. And then they're like, going at it. So, you know, ultimately, it was, it, for me, it was just, the match was really good. Like I said, I went four and a quarter. It was my second favorite match of the whole show. I, I the the aftermath made the match for me what it was. I was just well, like, yeah. come and on, guys. I think that's what it led to. Like, was just that moment. Like, if I remember right, Liger. Liger attacked him in the entryway, didn't he? Yep. Liger yeah. went straight for him. He should have grabbed him and ran him into that guardrail and did the Suzuki goon fight through the crowd stuff that they do. This was the perfect time to do that. And they didn't do it. You know, <laughs> Suzuki should have been throwing guardrails at him. Like he does yeah. that to young lions, but he didn't do it in a blood feud that's been building for four months. <sighs> Maybe he but, didn't. But, maybe, maybe they had a great heart to heart over the weekend, Brian. <laughs> they, they they bonded over socks. And you know, once again, <laughs> I thought I thought the match was great. I was watching it at Twin Peaks, and I loved watching the match. Like for what the match was, it was great. It was it was ever it was it, it reminded me of when they gave a Shingo and Kojima. It's just a random one on one match, and you're like, oh, thank God, a one on one. This is awesome, and that's what this was. Like I'm just yeah. picking because I wanted, I was I wanted to like. I was like chewing at my fingers, like, oh, I can't wait to watch this violence. And then I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I mean, yes, this was really good. Like I said, I went four and a quarter. This was, I had a lot of fun. I loved the aftermath. Um, the bow was, was fantastic. Oh, um, so nice. I don't know if this is more trolling, but um, Hiromu tweeted, it looks like Liger needs somebody to, to have him uh, go out the door or something like that at, at the second night of the Wrestle Kingdom. So at the Liger thing, I still, wow. I still, I still hope it's what I said to you the uh, a couple weeks ago, where they have a Bushi beat Okada, and then we get Okada and Liger night two. That's still what I would love to see. But have they ever? So you rather do Okada? Yeah, yeah, that would make more sense. But Just man, he's something the new, he's something the new, the new. I mean was not technically new. I mean, it seems like we've been wrestling forever, but what, two, three years maybe? Um, God, Takahashi and Liger, that would be freaking awesome, though. I, I think it's just because I've already seen it a few times. I think they wrestled in the in the, the J-Cup that one year. Okay. And 
I think Hiromu, when he was beating up, like he beat Tiger Mask and then he beat Liger and he was beating up the old guys when he was champion. So, like, I've seen it before. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, Tiger Mask 14. Yeah, Tiger Mask 14 and a half. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. So, so like we're saying, you know, we, we talked the last few shows here, Minoru Suzuki possibly going to, to Noah, back to Noah. Um, you know, Harold Mage, you know, leaving New Japan here. Um, New Japan then tweeting out a few days ago their U.S. expansion plans here, uh, you know, for the upcoming uh, 2020, uh, where the Midwest will be uh, rightfully represented. You know, Minneapolis, I believe South Dakota possibly was uh, overshadowed seven, over there, Nebraska, seven, Iowa. Seven cities, six, six states, seven cities in the Midwest. So, so, so some interesting things here. Um, I mean, what, what are your thoughts kind of on the change and with the upcoming year with New Japan? I mean, like we oh, said, Tokyo is going two nights now at the Dome. Expansion in America starts in November with those San Jose show. Um, so they're running that as like a full-on show. So it sounds like um, this is already starting in like a week or two. So this is, this is um, coming straight out of the dojo going ham. I think this officially shows exactly what, you know, I, I said this earlier about the ROH thing. They're done. They're, they're officially done with Ring of Honor at this point. Um, they're running 27 cities in 16 different states, I think it is, or 18 different states. Um, they're, the show, the tours are not going to go on the same time as the Japanese tours, it sounds like. So I think that means that we're going to see Japanese talent on these shows, which is a plus. Okay. Um, They'll still probably run Dallas for the U.S. thing uh, or for the G1. So, I don't know. I, maybe they run more than one show of the Depending G1. Depending on if they're on access anymore. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Um, so, no, it, it's interesting to see what happens with, with all this. But, you know, I think, I think this shows that they're going – they're kind of saying to WWE, you know, you guys aren't the only players that are going to make big moves. You know, NXT went to Japan, tried to, I don't know if they purchased it, what they did. Apparently, Miko Satomura has been on WWE's payroll for months now, I've heard. So, I don't really? know what the hell is going on with the Sendai Girls thing with them. They tried to buy Pro Wrestling Noah, and Noah said no. And apparently, they tried to buy Noah, from what I'm finding out, um, before Lightened, that company that bought him and, you know, changed the colors and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently they tried to buy him before Leiden bought him and Noah said no before they even had this new deal in Japan. So WWE's wow. getting turned down. Apparently they tried to buy Stardom um, before Bushi Road. And I'm not making this up. This is exactly what I've heard. Um, their pitch to Rosie o- uh, Rossi Ogawa, the, the gentleman who runs Stardom, you know, you saw him on the, um, those uh, Viceland things, you know, the older guy with the glasses. Oh, yep. Um, cause I guess his health is kind of deteriorated a little bit. He's getting older. So that's why he sold the bushy road, but he's still, I guess he still has creative control and he's still going to run the company. They're just going to be the parent company that owns it. So it's going to be more, he's just getting funded, but they're going to make the money off it. He's on the payroll. So going to be pretty much ran the same thing. It's just, if you're a startup fan, you should be happy because this is going to be more exposure being bushy road runs. And so I think it's a win for Ogawa. It's a win for stardom They're You know, the wrestlers are going to have contracts now. I'm sure nice, nice contracts and mm-hmm. more exposure. 
But, but apparently, WWE went to Rosie Ogawa, and when they were going to purchase it, um, one of the things that they were going to give him was a spot in the WWE Hall of Fame for it. And he laughed at him and said, I don't give a crap about that, and then <laughs> said no to WWE. So apparently, they literally tried to leverage the Hall of Fame as Kudos. an entry. Wow. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, talk about coming in there like you think you got the biggest dick in the building and getting shot down. Like, they're probably like, guys, check this out. Let's buy stardom and let's get all these great women like we had, you know, with EO and Kyrie and, and all that. And then they're like, get the hell out of here. You guys are bums. And they're like, oh, and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, oh my God, that's crazy. They offered a spot in the Hall of Fame. Like you were saying with New Japan, I mean, they're, they're saying to WWE, to Vince McMahon, hey, I mean, you, you have people coming all at you at every different angles there, VKM, you know, and, and Okada, you know, just talking to what, Weekly Pro Wrestling Magazine saying, yeah, he'd be open to, you know, joining AEW if them and, you know, New Japan can work a deal mm-hmm. there. I mean, you get New Japan on board there. I mean, just the exposure on TNT, New Japan, Bushi Road, everyone all involved, stardom now, with them getting that TNT exposure, I mean, that could just open up the floodgates, and that could potentially harm WWE, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, just imagine that talent, those shows, those pay-per-view buys. Am I crazy, or could that be something that could be potentially big within the next couple of years? By taking out the WWE, and also... Their TV contracts not being renewed, and maybe them saying, "Hey guys, hey New Japan, what can we get you to get you out here on a more prominent basis?" Look, I mean, NXT is already getting their ass kicked. That to the point that they did exact. It took them 22 minutes, like I said, to bring a main roster guy to their show. 22 minutes is all it took them to bring Finn Balor on there. So they already know they're getting smacked around. Could you imagine? If we got to see a match like Kazuchika Okada against Shima, because AEW oh. has both of them, or like I a Tetsuya Naito against T-Hawk. I can't do. Wow. Oh, let's go, baby. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool also, things. T-Hawk, I believe, is a uh, AEW dark match. Like yeah, the most recent yeah, episode, yeah. I got to check that out. It's uh, SCU, Shima, and T-Hawk against the Bucks, Cody, and Dustin, I think. Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely watching that. Isaiah's favorite wrestler there, T-Hawk. Yeah, he loves T-Hawk. I just, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where, where I don't know how this NXT Japan thing is even going to go. I mean, you know, if Daisuke so Sakamoto really... There. Yeah. You know, so if, if Daisuke Sakamoto, who's been rumored, he was talking during SummerSlam weekend... Um, supposedly, um, from everything I, I'm trying to piece exactly together how this happened, but don't quote me on this exact thing. I got to do a little more research, but I believe during that, that SummerSlam weekend and for, um, some of those shows, um, WWE paid for Sakamoto's work visa. Is that why the match with Walter took place? I think so. Wow, it's all making sense now. So, don't you think it'll be a great asset 
I mean, especially if it's strictly NXT Japan. I mean, you don't think it'll be too WWE, do you? Especially with Sakamoto and, you know, the the women running that there? I don't know, because who do you, like, I think the problem's going to run into play. If you're NXT Japan, who is going to fill out your male roster? You, You know, I mean, Noah already said no. Dragon Gate's yeah. got Gaora TV. They they have a backer. They're not going anywhere. DDT is is by is being funded so well that they ran Peter Pan for free for fans last year to try to get exposure that they yeah. could afford. To not you know they they did it for free. New Japan ain't going nowhere. All Japan I don't believe has any interest in selling anything. Um, I mean, what do you, you know? Could you imagine Kento Miyahara though in a WWE ring. Oh, that scares me after death. <laughs> what if I could just seven see, years ago? I could just see Kento Miyahara jobbing to Seth Rollins in six minutes on Raw. What name would you give him? The Last Dragon? Oh, God. I, <laughs> let's not even... Can we not, let's skip that. I'm just going to get sick. Um, the Charismatic Dragon as he <laughs> watches down to the ring. The straight god. jacket lunatic. That's what they'll call oh, it. Oh god. Oh, it's oh, lunatic. Friend. It's Kento Miyahara. <laughs> and, and he comes out with like black hair and like flamboyant colors and doesn't like... No. They, they would call him Miyahara Kento. That's what they would call him. That's how they oh, would god. switch the name. They would, they, would, they, would Dan, they would Brian Danielson the situation. <laughs> they would name him Miho... Kento Mara or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even want to think about it. But I, you uh, know, so now, now it kind of goes to, you know, if you, I don't think you buy Big Japan because you got the death match. I don't, I don't know how that would work. Do you go try to buy zero one? I mean, you could. Um, you have Takuya Nomura, who's you know. With the, with the, if you're looking at the big Japan aspect, I mean, you'd have Takuya Nomori, you'd have Yuji Okabayashi, you'd have guys like that. Zero one, you'd have Yuki Ino. But even even Yuki Ino, who, who's the champion who beat Sakamoto, WWE ain't going to book him. His, he has, his finisher's called the Fuck You Bomb. You know, and he, and he gives the crowd the finger and then power bombs the guy. And then he, like, you're not booking that. You know, do you go to Wrestle One, where you try to market um, our suit-loving individual Shotaro Ashino as a big star, and hope that you can book these strong hearts instead of AEW? But then you kind of go into playing both sides. You know, if you look at uh, yesterday, Wrestle One started their World Tag League. The main event, Strong Hearts, T Hawk, and the new member of Strong Hearts, Shigehiro Irie defeated yeah. Infants Terrible's uh, Shotaro Ashino and uh, Yusuke Kadama. So, I mean, they use T-Hawk as champion in Wrestle 1 and, and all the strong arts. So, now you're in a monkey wrench between AEW and Wrestle 1. Like, I just, I don't know who they book. There's no, I mean, if you if you grab the old K-Dojo guys, the 2AW, the, the all-action wrestling, their biggest star is a former 
like young lion jobber type guy in uh, Ayato Yoshida. If you remember him as the, the oh. young lion in New Japan with the long pants instead of the trunks. Yep. He's a 2AW Kayentai Dojo guy. So like you can't market him as your biggest star. So I just I, I just wonder I just, how big their exposure is. I mean, the, these shows they're doing thousand, three thousand seats, what at Karukin and all these other halls. I well, could be WWE wrong. WWE's running sumo a lot and stuff like that. But even the W like everything I've heard is the fans that go to the WWE Japan shows are fans of like New Japan. They're their own entity. Okay. So like if you if they go, wow, we got these guys from Noah. Are the are the the WWE J- Japanese fans gonna go? Well, well we want to cosplay like Bray Wyatt. You know, we don't care about Kano or Kaito Kiyomiya. We want to. Yeah, see GDT does yeah. that perfectly. Yeah, I mean, so it's like <laughs> we, but, but I mean, like you know, you look at it, it looks like a Comic Con at those WWE shows. Gotcha, gotcha. And I don't know what you mean. Um, Chris yeah. Beer, that's a tight name. My thing though is like Japan just had it's like you said, all these promotions are essentially locked down, not only with their talent. And they're booking, um, but you know, with all these other contracts that were WWE, you know, they can't buy out. Hell, if Noah's saying no, I mean, to be fair, they just revamped themselves. So kudos for them saying no. We're gonna play this out. I don't need your Hall of Fame bullshit. Um, they don't even have a streaming like, deal. Like they're not even yeah. streaming. Like they like, you've asked you know, we watch, we watch DDT, Dragon Gate, we watch All Japan, and we watch New Japan and Stardom, who all stream. They don't even have yeah. a streaming service, and they said no. So, Japan, I mean, is this really... I don't know. It just seems like, is it the wrestling mecca of the moment of the last couple of years? I think WWE thought they could come in there with their dick swinging, like I said, and all their money in their hand, and they were going to buy their way into... Bring, they were going to go in there, and they were going to buy no one's stardom, and that was going to funnel their company to start with. And unlike Europe, which was a bunch of indies, these are not indies. These are actual funded by corporation companies. And they said, no, get out of here. We don't have any interest in this. And I think they, mm-hmm. they went, wait a minute. We're not used to being told no. You know, we, yeah. look what we do with Progress. Well, I'm sorry. Progress was funded by, by Smallman and the rest of those guys. You know, Leiden, who's a U.S.-based, I think a U.S.-based company that is over in Japan, bought Noah. You know, Bushi Road owns New Japan and Stardom. Gaora TV owns Dragon Gate. Like, these are funded companies that aren't just indies. You can't go in there and just throw your weight around and buy a company because they're not indies. Yeah. And, and I don't think WWE was expected. I, I think they got blindsided by this. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I don't know. Of, I, what, what I was trying to say, though, is Japan just right now, it's like five, six companies, like what you have AEW states, um, AEW NXT. I mean, if you count them as a brand, uh, I mean, really that that's seminal in America where in Japan, you have new Japan, all Japan, dragon gate, GDT, big Japan's medium Japan. You know, you have all those other, <laughs> you know, companies, seven zero one, you know, what, what have you. We're just like, Holy crap. Um, and yeah, they're they're just insane. And and you have all Japan running Karukin, you know Karukin. Uh, just in a few hours here, uh, 
4.30 a.m. It, it appears to be exact. And you have some pretty uh, interesting matches. So uh, if you want to preview this card, which probably is going to be better than what's happening on Halloween over in Saudi Arabia, oh, right? God. Well, so, I mean, the big three at Cork and Hall tonight, I think, are the ones that are worth talking about. The under the four matches on the undercard, I think, will be nice, fine, probably. All four matches will be done in 45 minutes, so I think they'll be worth watching. There's a cool All Japan Pro Wrestling versus Dying Upon uh, New Generation, so it's a bunch of young lions from two different companies, which I think will be really fun. But Nice. Um, third to the top, you have the, the road to the 2019 World's Strongest Tag League, eight-man tag, Kai Tajiri, <laughs> Yuma Aoyagi, and our guy Naoya Nomura taking on the bodyguard, Shuji Ishikawa and Suwama, the Violent Giants, and Daisuke Sekimoto. That should be an awesome match. Oh, my uh, God. Because <laughs> I wow. believe Sakamoto and Bodyguard are going to tag in the tag league. Okay. I could see that. Jeez. I'm all for that. So that's a lot of beef going around. So I feel bad for going to get murdered by, that's, like, yeah. everyone. Tajiri's going to get punished. I think Tajiri or Aoyagi probably take the fall. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully to Jiri because I like Yuma Aoyagi, but that's neither here nor there. Oh um, my gosh. Then Yoshitatsu with his new partner Joel Redman, which I'm really excited right. for, are taking on Ryoji Sai and Zeus for the tag title. Um, it's their first defense. That'll be fun. But then eighth title defense, Kento Miyahara takes on the seventh Royal Road tournament winner, Jake Lee. This is this is what we said after he beat Miyahara to win the Royal Road. This is Jake Lee's time that he has to shine. This is the make or break where he, Jake Lee needs to come out the same way Naomi Nomura did, even in defeat, if he doesn't win this match. Where you go, that's it. That's what we've been waiting for because everybody's yeah. been waiting, especially me, as much as you know people. Talk them, you know, and, and you know, you try to talk me off the ledge on Jake Lee, and I said I'm I'm really close, man. But if he shows out, this is his opportunity, and I think Kento Miyahara is the guy who's going to go look, dude. I'm going to make you a star. It's just a matter of if you want to come with me. So I'm so intrigued to see this match because I think there is a slight slight chance maybe they do pull the trigger on Jake Lee to try to prove their point. Wow. Like. like Noah did it with Kaido Kiyomiya when he beat Segura. So anything could happen. Why Jake Lee over Niall Nomura, though, man? I, I, I don't agree with it, but I think they're still going. Jake Lee is the guy we've been building I, that they're going to go with him. No but, offense to Zeke Nasty, but you and Jake Lee have the same amount of charisma. <laughs> it's not a lot. <laughs> and that's where, you know, at the end of that match when, when – Lee beat Miyahara, we finally started seeing it. It's like yeah. he needs to bring this. He it, it, this is this is his. If if he falls flat in this match, it's it. I think that's it. I think it, that's it. It's done. Because Kento Miyahara is on a run right now, like we said with with Osprey, where <laughs> NXT know, Japan has a signee that and Jake. If he's done, if he can't, yeah. Answer, there you go. There you go. There's their first guy they try to build off of. During you know, Sega they, Genesis Royal Rumble, Shawn Michaels' back body drops for finishers. <laughs> it's okay, because Triple H will put him through a promo class, and that'll fix him. Promo class. Uh, that seems racist more than Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but, I mean, 
you know, you even were, you know, like you said to me before I got to watch Miyahara Nomura, dude Meltzer's even tweeting about it. Kento Miyahara, I feel, is the best wrestler in 2019. And he's going to look to capitalize on that with this Jake Lee match. True. And if he makes Jake Lee. Yeah. So and, if, he, and, if he gives you a four and a half or higher in this match, does that finally cement him over Osprey of 2019 in your eyes? God, every time I say that, Osprey gets another match to try to prove his point, and then he does the thing like he did with, with Phantasmo, and it's like, all right, you're up, Kento. <laughs> look at in September. We went, man, Kento Miyahara did it again with no more. It might not have – it, it hit so good that I think it was better than that. I, went, I think I went the full five, if I remember right on it. Like, God, this guy can't do any wrong. And then Osprey keeps poking the bear, you know, and he's like, watch somebody with, with Phantasmo. So it's like, well, all right, Kento, here you go. And and the difference with this is if he has the same quality match, four and a half star with, with Jake Lee, to me that, that helps cement Kento because Phantasmo is so much better right now than Jake Lee is right now in, in October of 2019. Mm-hmm. So Miyahara will have lesser of a dance partner because of the, the lack of charisma and energy where if he could take him to that level. So th- th- there's a lot riding on this match. And the thing is, I don't think that charisma is going to hit until probably you're halfway through the match. I think until, you know, he finally overcomes, you know, a, a sequence of Miyahara moves or, you know, he's in a headlock for, for two minutes and he, you know, he hooks up and, you know, gets out. I think that's, you know, when it, when it's his, his turn to get his ish in, essentially, I think that's when we'll see him turn it up. It's if he can keep that momentum, even when Miyahara gets his heat back, you know, it, I think that's where it's going to become a, a huge focal point is, you know, how is he going to lead, you know, overcoming that after, you know, getting that nice stretch. And that's, I think that's a, that's a great way to look at it too, where, when he finally gets his ha moment and then, you know, that's when they're going to go, all right, we got 15 minutes of balls to the wall. How do you have cardio to do this shit going on? Mm-hmm. And if he keeps that, that matchup with Miyahara, I think we can go, all right, Jake Lee, you get a clap. Cause this is what we've been asking this for over a year or two from you. So yeah. this is his shot. I think, I think this, he's got to take the shot now. Cause if he doesn't, if he doesn't do it now, well, sorry, bro. Then I don't. I don't think this is. This is. I think you're. You know. They, we'll be seeing Yoshi tattoo real soon. Then. <laughs> you know, if if Jake Lee can't pull out all the stops in a loss, if he loses, and make himself a star, you know, he's going to be a tag wrestler. He's going to be. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be. A, you're going down to mid card until you can get back up, and I think then they pull pull no more. And go with them because they got no more just waiting in the wings and i think it's just a matter oh, of totally. when are we gonna do you know and, and to be fair I, I i give them credit for sticking with their gun and jake lee let's just see what happens to, to, that's like i said i can't wait for this match man i really can't this is one of my most anticipated matches because we got you sold show. me man i'm excited to see uh yeah the the, the wow yeah watch and it. then <laughs> next week we we'll, we'll we'll get a bunch of stuff to preview because next week, um, on the second we have the Dragon Gate show, the big Ben K versus y- Yamato. I don't Yamada, know if you saw that, yep. that gif I posted, but um, 
they're they get right in each other's face from from one of the road two shows last night and yamato takes his key for the title that you know how you get the dream key to try to open the, the gate yep. and he just waves it and pushes it right in ben k's face and i was like yep i am sold baby this is getting heated so Ooh. we get to preview that show next week on the third is the Kano Kaido Kiyomiya, the giant. Uh, it also has the the that Elgin Segura match for the new title. It's got Yohei versus oh, Ayaka yeah. for the new title. Um, they they just did an angle where Kano like injured Kiyomiya's neck and they pulled him from all the all the tour matches before to let him heal. And Kano is just standing over him doing his Iron Fist pose like. They're making Cano look like a badass. Like he's trying to end this dude's career. So they're building this matchup great. And then on the fourth, we get the ultimate dance party. Um, the the DDT show that, that nice. we've been waiting for. And that's their their like their whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, Peter Pan judgment and and then um the ultimate dance party show are like their big, big, big type shows. They're big and, fours. Yeah, and it's I mean, the card on it, it's 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 a longer show again, but I mean dude dude the the, the main event, uh Takashita, it's the, the KOD open weight versus extreme title, Takashita and Harashima title for title. Um you know we got a four way hardcore uh Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao defending their tag belts. We got a cool te- uh, ten man. They're they're doing the princess of princess tag title or, or world title match. So they're bringing the the Tokyo Joshi Pro and Shoko Nakajima is actually defending against Yuka Sakazaki, your former partner. That's gonna be awesome. Um, and it's also got what could be the best match on this show, Alex. Miyu Yamashita, who was the number one pick by Demetrius in our draft, the former Tokyo Joshi Pro champion. Ah. She's tagging with none other than Antonio Honda to take <laughs> on Riho and Kenny Omega. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. 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 <laughs> and what I think should be really cool, depending how much plunder they bring out, if they really go that route, uh, Sanshiro Takagi, who we all find fun, is taking on the man who became famous with Masashi Takeda, Asami Kadaka. So there's a lot uh, of really cool stuff that's going to be. Whoa, what the hell the build is that have been like? I got to check that out. Holy shnikes. Yeah, there's there's some good stuff. DDT Network has a, a couple good shows they released. Uh, one of them um, I, I would uh, recommend checking out had a fun, uh, it was from the 21st, I think it was. But it's uh, it was uh, Daisuke Sasaki and Nobuhiro Shimatami from Damnation took on uh, Toro Washi and uh, my guy Jiro Aikaman Kuroshio. So that that was a fun little little show. Um, Man, we, we, yeah, again, yeah. matches that actually will freaking deliver, comparable to whatever's happening happening uh, <laughs> next Thursday. Mm. Oh God. Um, I, I don't want to watch that. Do we have to watch Crown Jewel? I didn't watch the last show except for the Goldberg Taker match because I wanted to laugh. So you don't I mean, want to see Cesaro versus that Montour? Why? So we watch Cesaro lose. Ooh, don't don't, don't really have any uh, any 
<laughs> any uh, happen. I might put it on as background noise, but no, there's so much good good Puro coming up in the next ten days that I can't wait. Um, so we, I mean, like we said, guys, we got we got three previews for you for sure next week. Uh, we'll we'll bring those in more detail, break down those card by card. Uh, but it'll be fun to do a preview show instead of a results show. Um, a lot of other good stuff. I I'm trying to coordinate another draft. Because I'm intrigued when I hear people do drafts. I love drafts. It's one of my favorite things in sports and wrestling. I just did a basketball draft last night. So we're going to try to coordinate one of those up again here. Um, if anybody listening wants to maybe take part as a, as a just a guest jump in uh, at WrestleCast underscore SSM, hit us up. And uh, maybe we could try to get you on to do one with us. Uh, it'll always be fun. But we'll be back next week. Uh, Talking a lot of wrestling, man. We got a lot of big shows coming up, Alex. Yeah, we got a Power Struggle show to preview. Oh my God, sweet! Yeah, there's four big Puro shows coming up. So next week will be the the show of preview. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get at least a half hour. Probably and we'll talk show. some uh, some some tag league to preview to Power Struggle <laughs> to see who's gonna be in the Super Junior Tag League Final. Is that oh, going on? We'll see you guys. <laughs>